and I don't blink, and I keep on going, and I don't blink, and I just keep going. It's showtime! And I keep on going, and I don't blink, and I just keep going. What the fist is doing? And I keep on going. Every open space has to be filled in. And I just keep going, and I don't blink. And I keep on going, and I don't blink. I I've never seen anything like this. Many strange things already. Follow the free country. I'm a person. Oh my god! Oh my god! Who's Brown? Who's Brown? Who's Brown? What the fuck are you talking? What does that got to do with anything? I'm in the dark! Hello, handsome! You insensitive asshole! You son of a bitch! You think it's good to slap a woman? I don't think it's good. I think it's too much. I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it matters to you. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! I'm going to. You won the contest. Chalaxaurus, attack! Coming soon, this summer, at theaters everywhere, opening weekend, Rated R. Welcome to a very special 75th episode of Opening Weekend. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And the Jedi aren't the only ones returning this week. That's right. The amazing Kevin Shinnick is back. Yay! A man with fingers in all the pop culture paint pots. That sounds <laughs> filthy and disgusting. Um, but it's true. Wow. He joined us last year for our Sam Raimi Spider-Man retrospective, and it was such a blast. I wanted to make sure we had him back on to talk Star Wars as well. Kevin is the author of the Star Wars novel, The Force Collector, and has had a long history of lampooning the Star Wars saga with his tenures on both Mad and Robot Chicken. So we thought he'd be a perfect guest for our Return of the Jedi review. But this week isn't just about Star Wars. It's a look back at all the 1983 quills that promised so much summer fun for children of the 70s, like well, all of us. And so we'll also be revisiting Christopher Reeve and Richard Pryor in Superman 3, and Dennis Quaid and Bess Armstrong in Jaws 3. But before we dive into the week's films, I want to know where we all were in the spring and summer of 1983, and I want to know, first and foremost, how are you, Kevin Shinnick, and welcome back. <laughs> well, thank you very yeah. much. I'm great, because I've just been sitting by the phone waiting for you to call me to come back. <laughs> it's been a slow year for you. <laughs> it's really, really nothing going on, and I'm just so happy to be back. We debated having you on for the No Small Affair episode, since you have a big connection with that one, but we're like, let's wait till Jedi. Yeah. I, more appropriate, more appropriate. Although I have plenty to say on all movies, so I'm, I'm glad. I'm yeah, glad yeah. you you chose wisely. But no, thanks for having me back on. I'm Absolutely. excited to be here. And again, you put, couldn't put. I think I said to you when you asked Jason, these are three movies that, for for better or for worse, are in my lexicon forever. So I'm you know, so I happy. It. I didn't. I didn't know that. For, I mean, they're kind of in all of ours, but like some people, you know, take yes. to some of these more than others. And so yes, I was exactly. very. Uh, yeah, I was happy. I, I didn't know Jaws. I'm surprised that Jaws three was 
that I don't know well why Jaws three is in there. But you know what's so funny? And I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But I was when I was watching them, I thought the the two things that Jaws three and Superman three have in common, which is they're pretty bad until you see number four. Of course, <laughs> Of both series. Yes. Right. And you're like, oh, I thought it couldn't get any worse. And then. Oh, the quest for peace is personal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Hey, can we, I just want to, uh, can, can we, I, I feel like we're, we're being a, b- a bit sacrilegious or something. Can we call it by its proper name? It's Jaws 3D. It is okay. just 3D. They hung know, a lot on that. We can't watch it that way anymore, so that's but that's why. In my head, yes, it's always called Jaws I 3D. I can't yeah. even call it Jaws 3. It doesn't make sense. Right. All right. You had to go to 7-Eleven to get those blue and green, red and <laughs> blue glasses. Yes. That's right. That's right. Oh watch God. your Jaws 3D. And can we call it Revenge of the Jedi, please? Can we just <laughs> no. be? Although I do, have title. That, I do have that poster, but no, you cannot call it that. You have the Revenge of the Jedi I poster? I do. I do. Yeah. I forget. Come I had it years ago. I, I don't know i forget where i came across this is before like the internet i think we've talked about this i got dan and i were both members of bantha tracks were you, were you, yes, a, you were a of member course, of bantha tracks of right of course i was of course i still got do you know your force number i don't know my own <laughs> no, i have my I, card <laughs> i do know i do know that they had a poem contest and i submitted a poem and i i i never heard i was convinced i was going to win and then i realized my poem in hindsight was I think 11 pages long. <laughs> well, it was like Homer. It was an epic yeah, poem. An epic. I turned oh. the whole trilogy into a rhyming, uh, a whole thing. And I was shocked wow. that I didn't get some story. And when you see the, all the winners, they were like a couplet. And I was like, oh, maybe I should not have done a thesis. Hey, there's a Wookiee. He wants a cookie. It's nice noodles. Got some snooky. Wow. I remember that contest. Do you really? I do, do really? too. I do too. I saw your face, Dan. I just saw it was like, whoa. I absolutely remember it. And I feel like I submitted something as well, but it was probably, you know. Anakin the Sith, father of Luke Skywalker, died to save his son. (laughs) But I got, I got the, um... The Revenge of the Jedi poster, or it was like a mini poster, mm-hmm. but it was through Bantha Tracks, and we talked about this. Yes, and I right. pulled, I yanked it down off, like when I was done with Star Wars posters and wanted to put up like Carol Alt posters. I was like, eh, <laughs> took that down, crumpled it up, threw it away. What the fuck was I thinking? I, I really know. thought well, you were going to say Carol Channing. I really thought you were going that direction. <laughs> she doesn't come down. We're not taking her down. Channing came after Carol Alt. <laughs> good. It, was, it was baseball. Star Wars, Carol <laughs> Channing. Carol Channing. Yeah. Beautiful. There are seven drag performers in Las Vegas right now mm-hmm. doing me. What were you doing uh, back in, in, what was this, 83, Kevin? How old were you? 83, what? what were you I was like 13. Okay. Um, you know, um, I remember going to a drive-in movie, because that's what we did back then, mm-hmm. for some other movie. And I remember walking back to the concession stand to get something when all of a sudden the trailer for Superman 3 came on. And I oh. spun around because I had, you know, one and two oh. was just like my my holy grail. <laughs> and and I mean, it's not the, even the greatest trailer, but when Superman's like, he's like, Richard Pryor's like, I, I'm not with them, Superman. And he's like... Could have fooled me, mister. I'm just like, all, it hit all the feels in my, <laughs> in my little, I'm like, oh, come on. And I was so excited for that movie. How about you guys? Do you remember anything? I mean, Where were you afraid of? I was in fifth grade. I was in Mrs. Bennett's class. I think I remember Mrs. Bennett. Come on, Bennett. Come on, come on Bennett. Bennett. Let's and I know, I know I was very, very, very excited about Return of the Jedi around oh, this yeah. time. That's all it was. And I remember, and I have it right here. I will show you. 
it's falling apart. My mom came home. This was like a, a week before it opened with the yeah. Return of the Jedi comic book. Yeah. Oh and I God. remember Rose. she walked in with it and it, it and it, it, it was awful. I mean, she was doing a good thing. She was like, oh, I should get this for Fred because I know he's excited. But she basically brought it home and she's like, I got this for you. Do not look at it. Do not read it because you're going to ruin the movie. And she left it on the kitchen counter, I remember, in a brown paper bag. And I remember I, I just went... Real quick, I was like, Loop. I just did that, and I just saw a picture of sand and the desert. I was like, oh. Too much, too much. Sand. But I was like, no. Uh, but for a week before it opened, it was just sitting there, and I couldn't touch oh it. God. All well, I wanted torture. to do was touch it. That's how I felt, actually, a year later when I was in junior high school. Something else. I couldn't touch it, and I wanted to touch it. And then I did touch it, and then I never stopped touching it, and I'm still touching it uh, now. Wow. wow. Uh, to this That's day. a lot of but touching. There are seven drag performers in Las Vegas right now mm-hmm. doing me. But, you know, I have a 180 uh, of that with my mother, where I was so excited for she Return of the Jedi. She spoiled the for you. <laughs> She just walked yes. in and said, he, he, he is the father. Yeah. It's, it's she spoiled those lines. the end and then she took a comic book away from him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she read it and then spoiled it. But we, my mother and I were always having difficulty in those, in those years. And I was, I could not have been more excited for Return of the Jedi. I mean, after, you know, we waited three years after Empire. Izzy is dad, Izzy is not. I was like going to have a nervous breakdown. I was so excited. So my <laughs> friends and I were like, all right, we're going to be the first people on the first line of the first showing of Return of the Jedi. And so we did that. We bought our tickets. And that morning I wake up and my mother and I got into an argument on the way to school. And she goes, you're grounded. And I was like, no, no, I, 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 not today. I'm all day. She's like, you're not going anywhere. And I was like, oh, what? And I, I mean, all your expressions, I wish they could see them because it's exactly how I felt. And to make matters worse, when school was over, not only did she forbid me from going, she put me in the car and drove me by the theater to see my friends online. And then at the last second said, all right, you can go. And I was like, wow. oh, God, thank you so much. Thank you. So this woman who oh, wow. <laughs> was, was oh the God. evil tormentor also became the savior. But it was that <laughs> effed up thing that I was like, oh, my God. So I was even more excited to actually walk in there and sit down with my friends. Wow. First of all, that- God bless your mom. She's the greatest mom <laughs> I've ever heard of. That is she's not. Fantastic. She's not going to listen to this, Dan. You're, you don't have to cover your tracks. <laughs> listen, I'm well, those of you, Fred, do that with your kids. Yeah, I say, I say, pull <laughs> well, that I ground one them all the time. On a, no, but, but then, then, but then I the, don't let them go to hang out with their friends. Oh, yeah. well, that's even better. That's even better. You know, that's a literal plot of a Simpsons episode is where Bart gets in trouble and all he wants to do is see the itchy and scratchy movie. Right, right, and right. And Homer's right. like, you're not allowed to. The one time Homer's the disciplinarian. And here at the Springfield Aztec Theater, where after eight months and nine Academy Awards, the itchy and scratchy movie is showing for the last time. Tomorrow, a new movie starring Liza Minnelli and Mickey Rourke will open. Will it be as successful? Only time will tell. What were you doing back then, Danny? Uh, yeah, I, much the same. Really, really. I was one year younger than you, Fred, so I'm uh, nine, not quite ten yet. And the perfect age for, for this. I mean, just the perfect, just the constant, when is it going to come out? Of when course. are we going to see it? When are we going to? And then uh, I, I've talked to you guys about Movie City. Movie City 6, also known as Movie Shitty Sex, which is where I worked. <laughs> but back in the day, there was Movie City 5, which was over by the Woodbridge Mall. And what they had was colored 
line. There was like, okay, the green line is for, you know, Oh God, book two. The red line is for <laughs> this movie. The purple line is for this. And you got on the one line and you like lined up according to the color of the line. And it went all the way down the sidewalk, all the way around the building. And that's what we return. That's my, one of my main memories from return of the Jedi is, is being like, okay, which line is, Oh, it's the Brown line. Great. We'll get on that line and we will wait <laughs> as long as it takes to get in there and much like Fred touching it. Now I'm on the Brown line all the time, 24 hours before my colonoscopy. Kevin's got his fingers in all the pots. I'm can't wait yeah. to touch it. You got, you're waiting to get on the Brown, Brown line. Brown line. Jason, yeah. What filthy things were you doing? Yeah, what were you doing? Oh, Jesus. Jason? Well, uh -oh. I was in bed. No, 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 no. Later in the day, later Remember, in the day. I, oh, I had chicken pox right before <laughs> no. Return of the Jedi opened, mm. but I got over it just in time to go. But I, I was, Good I was like, that you. means you weren't over it, but you went anyway. Yeah, well, totally. <laughs> you won the contest. I was already starting to get really into Mad Magazine, and this was mm -hmm. really when it all clicked. And it's because I went to right before I, I came down with chicken pox, my father had taken me. To, it was the first time I had gone to like a comic shop. Like I had never right. been to a, I always just got comics from the stationery store or whatever. Got my yeah. magazine from the stationery store. And he took me to, I don't know, somewhere on Long Island, some comic book store. And it was the first time the concept of back issues that you could get. And, and then this guy brings out a box of, I said, do you have Mad Magazine? He brings out these two boxes and I just went through and it, it's literally the phrase kid in a candy shop. I mean, it's still, I like, I'll have dreams about Still uh -huh. to this day of like going through boxes of, you know, and finding right, like right. the best mad magazines or the best Superman comics or the best whatever or toys or whatever. Yeah. I still, and sometimes just finding money. Sometimes I have dreams about finding <laughs> money that are like going to this store. And wow. I was pulling out everything. I was like, oh, the first, the, uh, the mad magazine with the original Superman parody that my mom wouldn't let me buy because I was in second grade and she thought it was uh, too mature for me. The, the, all the Star Wars issues, the Rocky issues. I just, I had a stack. And I went home, bought them. Then I came down with the chicken pox and I just read through everything. And it was, it was great. Um, this still sounds like you, you pretended to have chicken pox well, just yes, so you could I sit just, and read I, I, in I, preparation I, for the movie. I wanted to yeah. be in bed a lot. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I, I remember that happening right before, right before Jedi. And then I was better. And it was the first Jedi is the first movie that I, that I can remember getting on a line to go see and, and going to see without my yes parents going to like going with oh. a couple of friends after school. No, I had gone to other movies with friends, but it was always like, I don't know. It wasn't the event. It wasn't that kind of thing. It wasn't that. I, I can't remember many times I'd been dropped off to like, all right, go stay online for four right. hours with right. yeah. just kids your age for My something. My parents didn't drop me off anywhere until I was like 19. They, were, they did not <laughs> trust me to be without them in any environment. You'll get nothing and like it. With Superman 3, I have a funny Jaws 3 story, which I'll say when we get into it, but the Superman 3 thing was, in terms of anticipation, yeah, I'd seen the trailers, anything I could get my hands on. But I remember very specifically driving past... And I think we've gone to this movie theater, Kevin. I think it's maybe where we saw Batman Returns. The Was it the Syosset? Yeah. Big, yeah, yeah, I think that was. It's oh. a big theater, the Syosset. And I remember literally being in the car, my grandfather driving on the opposite side of the street. Like, we weren't close to the theater, but my eyes could pick out... <laughs> The, 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 the writing, the logo, the, the, the crystalline Superman letters and, and a red cape. And I was like, 
Oh my god, that's supposed to for Superman three. That's, that's supposed to for Superman three. And I, I remember what it looked like to me. I couldn't. I, I never in a million years would have guessed. I'm sure he's carrying Richard Pryor over the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I was obsessed with trying to remember, you know, figure out from my fleeting memory of what I saw what the poster for the movie was going to be. I feel like if they were going to make a movie of all our emotions in our lives around this time in 83 and the movie was made in 83, it would be like Kevin and me and Dan, like walking online, like getting banter tracks or Jason walking into the, to the comic book store. And then like our heads just exploding, but then literally like our heads would explode and our brain would go, it would shoot towards the camera and then just freeze there and just float for like, like, not <laughs> 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds, <laughs> maybe 30 that. seconds. And just still longer. be going. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Just sort, of, just sort of float there. Yeah. Right? That would be. That would be it. That would be, that would be it. it. If our childhoods were made into a movie, just like. I saw it at uh, right down the block from Hofstra. <laughs> Jaws? Uh, Jaws 3D? No, uh, Superman 3. Uh, I saw it at, uh, well, no, Super, I, used to, I saw the original Superman and Superman 2 at, uh, the, remember the United Artists Theater on Meadowbrook Parkway yes. and like yes. Newbridge oh, Road or something like that. Yes, so yes, 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 yes. It's all within that, it's you know, geographical right area. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fred was trying to evoke the opening of Jaws 3 so that we could go into. I saw stuff. that. <laughs> He saw it. He decided to shoot it down. He was like, yeah. fuck your segues. It, like, it was low hanging fruit. Fuck your segue. I want to talk about Superman 3. You know what? <laughs> fuck my segue. Let's talk about Superman 3. No, we're doing Jaws 3. Okay. <laughs> Jaws 3D. Next summer, nature's most terrifying creature takes on an all new dimension in an all new adventure. And for the first time, the terror of Jaws will not stop at the edge of the screen. Jaws 3D. The third dimension is terror. After a young great white shark finds its way into a SeaWorld franchise managed by Calvin Bouchard, played by Louis Gossett Jr., the facility's attempts to keep the shark in captivity quickly become the least of the park's woes. It soon becomes clear that the baby shark's much larger and more lethal mother is also on the loose. Among those who must battle the angry aquatic killing machine are the son of the original Jaws' chief Brody, Mike, played by Dennis Quaid, his girlfriend, marine biologist Catherine Morgan, played by Bess Armstrong, and a pair of friendly dolphins, played by Leah Thompson and Simon McCorkendale, or... Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. (laughs) Released in theaters as Jaws 3D, the film's effects are far from special, but the acting is not nearly as poor as one might expect. The film opened to a $13.4 million box office on July 22nd, 1983, and went on to gross $45.5 million domestically and $88 million worldwide. That seems like a lot, actually. Fred, Dan, and Kevin, what did you guys think? Of Jaws 3 Kevin, you first. You're our oh, guest. Oh, gosh. Wow. All right. Throw me to the slaughter. Well, uh, Dan, to your <laughs> point, I remember we had just come out of, not just, but we all knew the horror and the attacks in Jaws 1 and 2. Some of them were very creative, some, but they were all gruesome. And then just to start with the point of view of a shark just biting a fish in half. 
didn't seem to carry the weight that I was hoping for leading <laughs> well, into this. I, see, here's to, to that point. I thought I agree with you, but watching it, rewatching it, I'm going, my God, Dan must be terrified because Dan, I don't know if you know, <laughs> hates fish. So just have a, a severed kind of fish fear. head floating. Oh, this is your nightmare then, Dan. I have been in this business 52 years and I will. I have a new theory. Oh, I have no. a new theory because I saw this movie in the theater in 3D at the Amboy Multiplex down in Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Were the Dukes there? Yeah, we got Do you get a free soda for mentioning them? <laughs> that, that I am sure they're like an Amazon warehouse now. Like they're not even, it's not even a thing anymore. But that was where you would go if the movie wasn't playing anywhere else. You'd go down to Amboy because uh, you had to take a ride down there from where I was. And it was like, you know, the, we all we all had the, the close theaters and then the far away theater. That was the far away theater, but it was only certain things would be playing there. So we'd go like, well, it's still at Amboy. Let's go down there. I have a very vivid memory of seeing this, getting the 3D glasses, sitting there. And I think I blocked this out. I honestly do because I'm watching it in my living room over here not, and not in 3D and going like this and uh, having a conniption because I did not remember that. How dare they have it still going bloop, bloop, bloop. It's floating in midair or midwater and still trying to breathe. That is the scariest thing in the movie. It's scarier than the guy's head. It's scarier than any of the attacks, which are just, we have to talk about those because they're not even anything. And, and it's scarier than uh, uh, the, any of the, it's, it's scarier than anything that happens in the movie. It's than the performance. It's scarier than Luke Gossett Jr.'s accent. It's scarier than anything in this movie. Hello out there. This is Calvin Bouchard. May I please have your kind attention? And and yet, you know, you make a good point of like the 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 sum total of it isn't so far off track that it's not, you know, I mean, it goes pretty far off track, but but it's not so far off track that you're in Jaws the Revenge territory. You right. know, that thing is just a nightmare of that's a mess. Because I remember seeing that, too. But this movie I saw. And so I think this movie, my theory is that this movie was part of the the triumvirate of things that created my ichthyophobia, <laughs> my irrational fear of fish. The others being two times out of the Jersey Shore when somebody pulled up a fish that was going <laughs> in, like, in like a crab trap or something like that and like inflating like a puffer fish, which which sent me, you know, screaming into the water. <laughs> I mean, if you stop for a moment, though, think about it. On paper, I could see where, all right, look, we've had two movies on Amity Island. What are we going to do? Hey, SeaWorld's popular. What if? Yeah. And I I see the pitch and I'm like, great, I'm on board. But then Mm -hmm. I think they, again, reverse engineer. It's like, let's find seven moments that we can come at you in 3D and then reverse engineer the movie (laughs) to those moments. Yes. And it's like, oh, this is so not not reaching where it needs to go here. But if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong uh, and I can't remember his name, the guy who directed it, he worked on the other Jaws movies. He was like an art director or- Joe Alves. He worked on the I other movies. I think Craft Services. I think he was Craft <laughs> Services. He's craft. He only <laughs> served the fish. He only he served did. fish. He only served fish. And one day at lunch when he was chopping them up, he got an idea. He directed, <laughs> he directed a lot of Gorton's commercials, I remember. <laughs> but this was the only thing he directed. He never directed anything. And I was reading that- 
it was, it, it, that's what it was. It was like, he even said when, when they pitched it as like, oh, we're going to make it 3D, he grabbed on. He said, oh, I think the quote was like, I never directed before, but when I heard it was 3D, I thought, oh, okay, well, well, that'll take away, you know, he, he saw that as something that'll like take away from uh, the actual, any skill that needs to go in directing because it's <laughs> talking to me about the 3D. So I exactly. think you might be right there, Kevin. That they yeah. said, you know, he said, let's find some good moments. Because I forgot at this time, there was also, there was Friday the 13th 3D. There yes. was Amityville 3D. Space like Hunter. Space Hunter's the Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. 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 Oh, right. That's I remember, right. I had to look it up. There was a movie probably prior to, I was the return of all this 3D stuff. The first movie I saw, I think was probably inappropriate. I don't know what it was, but it was called Coming At Ya. <laughs> and <laughs> I swear to God, I remember seeing it, I think, at the Hicksville Mall wow. or something like that. And it was just, I, I don't remember there being a linear story. I remember being sort of a Western and things were always... <laughs> Coming at you, coming at you. But there was no, you couldn't really grasp onto anything. And so this was at least a step up that had a linear story. I was like, all right, I can get behind this. But it didn't hold up. What no. year was that? And can we review that on the I podcast? I gotta look it up. Let me look it up while we're chatting. Coming we, at you. Yeah, we the fucked up thing about this movie is it's essentially an ad for SeaWorld. But what kind of an Good ad time. is it to have... People dying. It's it's like if McDonald's approved a movie in which everyone gets botulism and shits themselves to death inside a McDonald's. I'm not surprised they called it SeaWorld. That shocked me. That's true too. Yeah. I was like, it's clearly uh, like it's clearly a tie-in, like to get people yes, to go tie-in. to SeaWorld. and it's like that's not good thinking. No, <laughs> it's basically saying, oh, let, all right, we're gonna have Sea the, the Shamu logo and SeaWorld is gonna be all over this thing, and yeah, 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 it's gonna show the SeaWorld <laughs> and people, people die. utterly <laughs> incompetent. They're incompetent beyond belief. It was. It was like the Keystone Cops <laughs> in, in Jaws. I mean, there's a scene where Dennis Quaid has the scene where he's got to go tell everybody there's a shark in the water. Oh, and he's just yelling like a, like a lunatic. Not only is he yelling, but he gets in one of those golf carts and can't yes. control it, and like, and he and it flips over and he stumbles and he's it's like, dude, just go chill, shark. The woman did it in the first one. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, wow, he is screaming the hell out of the scene. But I did read an interview with uh, with Dennis Quaid, and he said. If you are every single shot of this movie, he is the most coked up he's ever been in his life. Oh my God, really? Oh, really? There's not a shot in this movie where he isn't just coked to the gills. Did you see what I did there? Really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Right. He's really good. At, I, I like I, watching this movie brought back so many memories for me because I, I can't remember. I think I saw it in the theater, but I saw it a lot on cable too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how much I knew and how much I remembered. Mm-hmm. And it's how, too. Yeah. 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 Well, it was, but even as when I walked, when I watched it as a kid, I'm like, I don't think this is very good. Like, yes. why are they holding well, on these it. shots too long? But I, but it was also, it brought me back to the time. And we talked about this when we, when we did dreamscape, this was like the time when Quaid ruled the world. Yes. Like, he was just everywhere. He was yeah. ubiquitous. Yeah. And he was really good. You know, like he had his thing and it was, it was, it was fun to watch him, even though, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, wow, he was he had a major drug problem while doing this and was just sweating <laughs> it all out on screen. He was. He but was. I enjoyed him. And I thought I was best Armstrong, I thought was 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 adorable and really great. I, I had to grow up again. I always loved Best Armstrong, but I kept thinking it, she's always in my childhood memories. I right, think she was a TV this. actress more. Yeah. And that's oh, what yeah. I saw her in something. I think, I think Jaws 3 was the first time I was like, oh. Bess Armstrong. Or I, I remember that and Nothing in Common are the two movies that I always associate with her with Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah, oh, Tom Hanks is uh, 
Yeah, okay. I liked her a lot. And was this before or after Enemy Mine? Uh, I'm gossip. guessing this is this I'm is guessing before. Before. <laughs> before. Like two, he had the greatest. The, I I couldn't believe that I was howling. I was on the train watching this and I just started to laugh like a lunatic when his I thought this is the only Jaws movie or really probably the only movie where said dramatically it's now well the son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like yes Louis Gossett Jr. That's, that's the catchphrase. You phrase. fucking worked that Oscar. You worked that Oscar from Officer and Gentleman. Well that son of a bitch. Fucking well did. You talking about some damn shark's mother? That's the That's awesome. And it's the two of them in Enemy Mine, right? He's with Quaid in that. Is oh, he yeah, not? Of course. Yeah. 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 One That's of them is blaming me. the other for this. Hey, I'm about to do this other movie. You want to come along and do it with me? God God those campfire you. scenes. And they're like, That's what he's actually saying. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you gossip would say oi vey, but who knows? Dan, why you're not in the reboot of that, I have no idea. Oh my Hello, God. enemy yours. Enemy yours. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> the other thing that I thought was really funny reading about, because uh, like I said, it all came back and, you know, the, it's, it's, it's not a great movie. It's, 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 you know, it's, it really isn't. Wait, what are we talking about now? This or Enemy Mine? Well, you know, enemy yeah. Mine I love, from what I remember. But I, w- I read that, um... You know, they went to Roy Scheider to, they wanted him to do it. And he's still and running he away. Absolutely not. And he, now who knows if this is, you know, apocryphal or if it's true, but in this interview, he said that he specifically took the movie Blue Thunder. The only reason he took Blue Thunder is so he would not be available to do <laughs> That's this. Cool. So there was oh, no Blue way Thunder. they could even drag him in for like a cameo. That's he fantastic. He took Blue Thunder for that scene where he looks in the window. He saw of, that of the, on of page the woman, 45. The woman doing the yoga naked. Yes, he saw that on page 45. He said, I'm in. <laughs> what do you want us to pay you? It doesn't matter. I saw that, I saw that scene at, again at a drive-in sitting in between my mother and my grandmother. As, oh. as Roy Scheider hovers his helicopter outside this woman's oh, no. house. Dude, I was like, oh. And to that end, I always think of my grandmother with enemy mind because I'll never forget, and this is spoilers if you don't want to spoil enemy mind, but my, my, my grandmother one day says to me, she's like, oh, I saw this movie, Enemy Mind. First of all, I love that she's seeing it before I do. And then I was like, she's like, oh, but it's very sad at the end because uh, he dies. And I said, oh my God. grandma, I said, you just ruined the movie for me. She goes, no, I didn't, because he has a baby. You just ruined the same movie twice. <laughs> you said, wait, Calvin Bouchard had a baby? <laughs> wait a second, how is that possible? <laughs> well, we know he had a nephew. You know <laughs> Why don't we blow it up? Listen, listen, nephew. Uh, I have to make one other observation about this movie, which always, watching again, and it always jumps out at me. Did you see what I did there? So you've got these people in this underworld, sea world, you know, this this renovated renovation of uh, underworld city. The kingdom of the something. Yes, exactly. And every time the shark comes out of nowhere, they scream bloody murder. And my thought is, isn't that why you go to SeaWorld to see <laughs> something like, like if Shamu swam to the, would I be like, oh and run and trample over children to get out? I was like, I think we're point. overreacting a tad here. Very I think, good. Yeah, point. I think I think everybody is a little too quick at the gift shop to recognize. <laughs> that that's, a great white, that's a great white. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's my story about this. Um, I have been. In this business, 52 years, and I will... 
technically, you could say I saw this movie because I had a ticket. I had 3D glasses. And it was at my friend Kenneth Kepi's birthday party. Uh, Kenneth Kepi. Oh. Kenneth Kepi. That's right. You remember. Oh, a, oh, oh my God. Oh. Kenneth Kepi is ingrained in my oh, head my for creating, you don't know this, Kevin, Kenneth Kepi created what the sound of sex is, which apparently back then was, <laughs> oh. I love oh, how you remember oh. this. And then I ended Fantastic. up taking that and using that on a, on a Broadway uh, national tour of Buddy Holly. Wow. I mean, Kenneth Kepi is, he's, He's yeah. a legend. I was in, in, in fourth grade. He told me that was the sound of sex. And he was like, oh, oh. You didn't know how time right he was. He was right. He did all the time in school. Nobody, the teacher never knew. She didn't know what he was doing because she, because she had had sex in her life and knew that that's not what it sounded like. And knew it sounded nothing like that. But on the last day of school, she was like, Oh, all right. As a little, you know, she thought she was giving us our, our little treat was, she was like, you can all do that noise that you want for the last oh five minutes. Oh my God. So the last day of fourth grade, the last five minutes, it was a barnyard cacophony of every child just going, <laughs> ah, ah, like humping their desks. It was horrible. Anyway, that poor so, woman. so Kenneth had his birthday party at the Smithtown movie theater and I went and I was very frightened of Jaws. <laughs> And Jaws oh, movies, and I closed my eyes at the beginning of the movie, and I opened them at the end. Wow! And I had the 3D glasses on, so nobody could see that I wasn't watching it. And when people would, you know, go ah, uh, you know, then I would go oh ah, and like a fucking idiot. I kept my eyes closed the whole time, even when it was clearly scenes in bars, in kitchens. <laughs> conference rooms as if a shark was going to burst through and kill someone in every scene i was too afraid to see wow and that's my experience with jaws 3 today was the first time i've watched that movie in my life with my eyes i've heard it i I was gonna say idiot or smarter than all of us i don't know i don't know i still sat there but um and i actually i'm gonna say i really like, I mean, he was coked up, but I liked Dennis Quaid yeah. and yeah, me too. Bess Armstrong a lot. And I liked their whole, I thought they had great chemistry. I thought they had great ease with each other. I liked their, sto- I, li- I liked their sweet relationship and that they were figuring out like, me it, too. who's going to go? Is she going to That like, was a really nice him? scene. I liked all of that. All I of was surprised stuff. by the writing of the scene of the, on the beach yeah. when he gets a job in Venezuela. Yeah. I was like, this is. Yeah. This is like, it wasn't expository. No, but it was so unusual to me because it wasn't expository. It came out and it was like they had this built relationship. I'm just thinking, I'm. I'm not expecting this in Jaws 3D from everything else. (laughs) I'm not looking for character development. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I was watching, I was like, I would literally watch the worst parts are the three times Jaws shows up and like a bad superimposed against a blue screen and kind of that little shot of him with the glasses. It's just this 3D oh. stuff is so oh terrible. That's but I would worst. watch a romantic comedy with those two. With those two. And Louis Gossett is their colorful yeah. character of a boss from Louisiana and the dolphins teach them lessons about life and love. I could watch <laughs> There's that. There's your movie. You once said uh, in an interview that cocaine was thinly disguised in the budgets of movies. Which of your movies do you think had the biggest budget in that area? <laughs> that would have to be probably the Jaws 3D. Jaws 3D. Personally, really? That, yeah, that Just a, a blowout. Yes. Yes. It was, a blowout. Yes. Had to get that shark some way. Yes, exactly. So. A blizzard. Yes. If you watch that movie now, could you tell in the, you were could you tell 
Yeah, every frame. We're we're completing for, completely forgetting about 1980s Aaron Eckhart, which is not Aaron Eckhart, but in my mind, <laughs> he's guy. he's our 1980s Simon version of Aaron Eckhart. McCorkendale. He really yeah. does look like him. You're I mean, but it was that. like Aaron Eckhart started like that and thought this uh, this accent's not working. I'm going to shed it all. I'm going to start fresh. <laughs> and then he came back to us in like the, the aughts. Can but, Aaron uh, Eckhart turn into a hawk? Or a panther, though? I think not. Only McCorkendale can. Are those the only two things he could turn into? Or could he turn into like a turtle or a, you know, ocelot or something? <laughs> An ocelot. Thursdays on NBC. Ocelot. Ocelot, man. <laughs> if you're going to do another Jaws sequel, this is not the worst set up in the world for, no. uh, for doing something, trying to do something a little different than what had already been done instead of a retread. It just didn't go. I never saw Jaws 4. I haven't seen that. Yet, oh, but, it's, um, well, I'm going to say one really thing bad. about Jaws 4 that will relate to this, which is at one point in Jaws 4, Michael Caine gets thrown from the boat. Okay. <laughs> and we think he's dead. Yes. He I shows up on the next scene bone dry <laughs> all right he's not, not an ounce of water on him now <laughs> the opposite happens in <laughs> jaws 3 where it's that scene where Bess armstrong the, the shark is dying they're trying to keep in captivity and it kind of rolls over right and, and manimal comes running in <laughs> as if to say what happened and he, he is drenched <laughs> and there's no i don't know if he was in the water was he sweating there's no explanation why he is drenched from head to toe what did he do what did his right. character do was he a filmmaker was he a hunter I was he tell. like was he I a animal he was like a, <laughs> i could like figure that out TV i guy or something it seemed like the crocodile hunter or he something he did seem like the crocodile not. hunter oh okay that's what i thought but yeah. i wasn't sure i'm like what why is he why is he there? Why is he an expert? What is he? What is he but doing? But also like, confusing the and his lover. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. That guy's at the end when 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 Manimal dies. Oh, that guy, God. they had such a backstory. He's like governor. Yeah. He's like no. yeah. He's like the rancor keeper. He's like the Manimal keeper. <laughs> yeah. When McCorkendale dies. Nice analogy. Nice <laughs> analogy. He is. He cries an awful lot. He also, he's the poor man's Dabney Coleman, right? When I first saw him, I yes. was like, oh, yes. I was like yes. Dabney Coleman. <laughs> yes, that's doing true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still remember the reviews uh, particularly pointing out that mm -hmm. the whole point was they kept saying this shark is going to come at you. And to Fred's point, it hits the glass and then stops. And the glass comes at me, <laughs> but the shark doesn't go anywhere. And I remember yeah. being so disappointed because they kept saying, wait till you see, wait till you see. Oh. And it, it wasn't, it was just, it wasn't coming at you. That point being, I looked up, <laughs> coming at you. Yeah. Came out in 1981. <gasps> it's a, don't be, don't, don't confuse it with coming at you. This is <laughs> coming at you. And it is a Spanish American 3D Western Coming film. Coming at you was with John Holmes, as <laughs> I, remember, I remember. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Kevin. Keep going. Th this go sounds ahead. very familiar to me. Uh, okay, I don't know ahead. why I saw this, but it, nobody I know. Featuring Tony Anthony, Victoria Abril, and Jean Quintano, and directed by Ferdinando Baldi. Do they even have. <laughs> wait, what's the plot? Hang on. It's very, it's very <laughs> short. H.H. Hart, a bank robber, loses his wife to kidnappers on their wedding day. Subsequently, she is traded as a prostitute. <laughs> Why was I seeing this movie? <laughs> By villain Pike Thompson. H.H. Hart races against time to find his wife with the help of a Scottish preacher. The film features many 3D effects, many of which are intended to fly off the screen at the audience. Did you see what I did there? I will say when that shark hit, <laughs> it was, I mean, because all the 3D was, was just 
really bad. And the shark looked awful, you know, it just, it didn't. Very fake looking. You, you're three movies in. You can't have a realistic shark no. at this point. Come on. It's a plastic. It looked plastic. Yeah. It, it, but that shot in particular, I thought, oh, okay. And it's around the same time. I'm like, I'm based, it's like, I'm watching Megaforce. That, the shark <laughs> breaking through the glass was yes. the motorcycle, the flying motorcycle right, in Megaforce. Right, right, That's yeah. what it felt like to me, like in terms of special effects. It's, it's all Megaforce. We're all, me we're in Megaforce right. world here. That's right. right. The other thing is you have the bro the Brody boys are being, are in a, a place where great white sharks are and killing people. You're not going to acknowledge anywhere at any point. Wow. This, isn't this ironic? <laughs> I know. Isn't this crazy that I no know. matter where we go, whether it's Amity mm -hmm. Island or whether it's Florida. Because it took one more movie for them to realize that it is personal. It's personal. It's, it's personal. It's personal. personal. You got it. You nailed That's it. Why. They needed, Mario Van Peebles was nowhere yeah. to be found in this movie. No, he's not. You know? Speaking of his brother, there's, he when they meet the brother- Who's in, comes in with the cowboy hat? He he kisses his brother's girlfriend. I saw yeah, yeah. the way people do in the first three <laughs> minutes of a Pornhub video. And it's like, hey, this, are we sharing her now? It's like, yeah, what? that struck me as that was well. Very weird. I was like, so wait, who? I literally was like, oh wait, who is she dating? I didn't get it. And but yes, she, he was dating uh, a pre Back to the Future Leia Thompson. Yes. Who yes. was yeah. just fine in this? Just lovely. fine. Just lovely. Lovely. Always lovely. Always, Always lovely. lovely. Bumper boat girl. I will say this didn't look good, but I did think, is <laughs> this the only time in the four Jaws movies that we see? Somebody, we're getting the camera view from inside the shark's mouth for yes, chewing yeah. on somebody, right? That like there's something. a whole scene where he goes McCorkin completely down. in the mouth. Yeah, right. it's eating. And then they're chewing him up. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Yeah. It didn't look good. There wasn't any good 3D effect or anything. But If I had to find something positive to say about this movie, it would be that. That like we hadn't seen as you just said, Jason, uh, crushing a person from inside <laughs> and then also having to hook the grenade in his hand from inside his ma you know what I mean? I right, was like, right, this is right. a little crazy, but it's new. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll different. take it. Yeah. That's yeah. still McCorkendale's hand, yeah? Yes. So the shark, so part of the plot of this is the shark, no shark, no animal can, can digest manimal. No animal <laughs> can fully digest manimal. <laughs> what if he became the shark inside the shark? Oh, that's the that's And the then you can manimal. blame him. <laughs> For all the deaths. I should have done and that. then it would also uh, explain why he's so sentient in the next movie. And like, <laughs> knows, like, See? like now, can read maps. Exactly. <laughs> and now it is personal because they let him get chewed up by a original shark who is now his outer casing. Guys, uh, we're pitching this next week. This sounds fantastic. That's a 10 Sheila movie. This one? Uh, this one. Uh, how many Sheila? I don't know. Yeah. How many? I'm going four on it. Four. That's, four, yeah. I'll go 4.5. I'll go, I'll give an extra 0.5 for the stomach cam or manimal cam <laughs> inside. <laughs> I didn't think about cam. that until you mentioned it, but that's great, uh, Kevin. Yeah, it's, it's innovative. They're innovating. <sighs> I'm like 3.5. <laughs> but oh, I mean, okay. but it wasn't, no, I mean, the stuff I, there were things I actually liked about it. I mean, if it was just a movie with Bess Armstrong. And <laughs> Can we lose the shark? Can we recut this? I really, I'm like, take the, I wrote this. I said, take the shark shit away. And I kind of like this. Yeah. And you still um, get 3D for the wonderfully three dimensional characters. Just right. go yes. the movie 3D. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right, I'll give it a four. I'll go, I'll go four. I'll, I'll, for I'll bump it up to four. Why not? I, right? I'd probably do. I, 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 I'll, I'll give it a four as well. Four I was going to give it a four only so I could still give myself room to give Jaws four a two. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to make room. If I give this a four, then that suggests that I like this a lot more than Superman three. And actually, I did like this a lot more than Superman three. So really, wow, that could be my segue right there. Wow, that's a a hot take. That's That's a hot take. Hot take. (laughs) (laughs) Superman three. I ask you to kill Superman, and you're telling me you couldn't even do that one simple thing. Ah. All right, Webster. The game's over. But only the man who pulled the switch on Superman. Oh, uh, see, I'm not with them, Superman. You're gonna fool me, mister. Can pull the plug on Super Machine. You're going to go down in history as the man who killed Superman. Oh, no. Down on his luck, computer programming savant Gus Gorman, played by Richard Pryor, uses his newfound skills to embezzle $85,000 from his employer, the toxic capitalist Ross Webster, played by Robert Vaughn. When Webster catches on, he blackmails Gorman into using the company's computers to seize control of a weather satellite and annihilate Columbia's coffee crop, although how that's possible is anyone's guess. When Superman, played by Christopher Reeve, manages to thwart the plan, Webster commands Gorman to use his technological know-how to synthesize kryptonite, the Man of Steel's one weakness. But when Gorman looks to his cigarettes for inspiration and replaces an unknown element in the kryptonite's composition with tar, the faux meteorite fails to kill Superman and instead turns him sour, nasty, and disgruntled, eventually splitting him into two distinct beings, the good Clark Kent and the evil, newly sexualized Superman. Although, how this is possible is also anyone's guess. When director Richard Lester replaced Richard Donner during the making of Superman 2, Margot Kidder was vocal enough in her displeasure that she found herself sidelined in part three in favor of a subplot featuring Clark Kent's high school crush, Lana Lang, played by a winning Annette O'Toole. The producers insisted that Kidder wasn't being punished and that the Lois and Clark storyline had run its course when Superman realized he couldn't be with a mortal at the end of Superman 2. Critics argued that by that logic, Superman shouldn't have a love interest at all. However, a bromance is another story altogether, and when comedian Richard Pryor suggested to Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show that he would love to be in a Superman movie, the producers took the bait, resulting in one of the most bizarre and subversive stunt castings in Hollywood history. Superman 3 took in $13.4 million over its June 17, 1983 opening weekend and ended its theatrical run with a box office take of just over $80 million. Fred, Dan, and Kevin, what did you guys think of Superman 3? I'll, I'll... Start so maybe we can build up because <laughs> <laughs> you go low. You're not going to get much higher with my review. Man, this was a this was this might have been the most disappointing rewatch of a movie we've done in 75 episodes for me personally. Wow. <laughs> I remember seeing it in the theater. I was also very excited because it's Superman. It's Richard Pryor, the guy from the toy. The toy had come out. I love the toy. I mean, we we, we rewatched it, Kevin, in an earlier episode. I mean, I've since changed my tune. But at the time, it was like, what's better than the toy? So 
Yeah, and it was computers. Computers are the big thing. My mom worked with computers, so, like, mm. that was in our worldview and, you know, war games. And it was like, what? Superman, computers, Richard Pryor, like, what could be better? And I seem to remember having a lot of fun when I saw it, but even then thinking, huh. And then it was one of those movies that was on cable all the time, and I watch and watch it, and—, and in varying degrees, there were scenes that, like, I loved. I was really excited. I was excited to go back and rewatch it and see the scene at the end when Robert Vaughn's sister turns into the robot and, like, things that I remembered. I was just right. so excited. And, okay, let me ask you this. <laughs> okay. What's the first thing, what's the first power we see Superman exhibit? Flying. What's the power that he exhibits actually the most? Wait, in Flying. the movie? In Superman in movie. 3? Superman three. No, nope, before he flies. Oh, he bl- he uses super breath to blow out that that yes. cartoonish bomb. Yes, he uses oh, his yeah. super breath more. I think by my count, more times than any other superpower in the movie. He can't blow out the fucking chemical factory fire. <laughs> That's He's a gotta, little bigger than. It's a little bigger I mean, than a little, cartoon I, bomb. I, 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 no, no. I will not sanction your buffoonery, Jason O'Connell. No. I mean, it's, it's a little bigger. It's, it's this a is chemical a, this is a plant. Guy. We've never no, seen him blow this, out a chemical plant fire. This is a guy who went around the world. He turned time backwards. I'm with no, you, Fred. No. I'm with you, you Fred. Fuck you, Richard Lester. They're Go play with Ringo Starr. Different. No. No. Sorry. I got that real. Woo, that hit me in a spot. You okay? You okay? No. We know. And, and yes, and I get it. It's a comic book movie. But like, to me, that just so. This movie isn't was insulting. It insults our intelligence and not our intelligence. It insults kids' intelligence because watching that, suddenly I remember going, oh, yeah, as a kid, I remember thinking that. Why does he just blow it or at least just freeze the chemicals that the guy was like if he he's getting to a certain amount? You know, yes. I, I'm like, no, he's going to take the time. He's, he's looking around. He's, no, that is he's, true. He's, he's checking things out. Oh, you know what? I'll go. I'll find a lake and I'll freeze it and I'll lift it up. I know it's, they need <laughs> new creative ways for Superman to exhibit his powers. And yes, in theory, that's cool that he he froze a lake and lifted it. I like the idea, but I'm just thinking, just blow it out. Just blow it out. So you he, can have, so. He has super freeze breath. Yes. Yeah. You're right, Fred. I thought the You're exact right. same He could have done it right. The, 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 at least those chemicals that were, that he uses at the end, he could have cooled those down. Yeah. Those so, alone. But yeah, see, but yeah. my reaction right now, I don't think I've ever gotten this upset. Have I ever gotten this upset when we talked about a movie? You wow, got, I was here for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're glad you were here. We're glad you're here for it. You got you got marginally upset uh, when when we said we didn't like Blade Runner. I was hurt, but I didn't yeah. like start to yell and scream. <laughs> I was yeah. hurt. Yeah. But like hurt that's how I thought watching this movie. I just thought I just wasn't having fun. It annoyed me from from start to finish. Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just. It's all right, Fred. Uh, that, it's, it's a safe space, Fred. That's why we're, safe space. That's why we're okay. here. No, I love. Here's the thing, Christopher yeah. Reeve, amazing. He's Always great. makes it work. Yeah. Uh, the so junkyard good. scene didn't hold up for me as much as I wanted it to. Mm. I thought his performance was great. I was yes. like, he's he's fantastic. He's wonderful, and like. He really went there. (laughs) I can give as good as I get. Yeah? All right. Come on, come on, come on! Come on! 
God, God. That was the thing. I thought Christopher Reeve, and I felt bad for him because I thought he, he, you know, was, he was sold something and he's doing his best and he's, he's holding on to this thing and he's trying to keep it grounded and just everything else around him was just silliness. And, and, and look, I like, you know, Richard Pryor is, is normally wonderful in, in, well, in most mm, stuff that he did. With Gene Wilder. Yeah. I don't know. For, for me personally, yes, it, it wasn't, um, talk me up, talk me up. Well, Fred, you, the movie is going, it is it, it, it constantly throughout the movie. It's telling you the, the viewer, don't think too much about this. No, no, don't, don't, don't think about that. Don't worry about that. Don't think too much about this. But how does this? Don't think about that. Go move on to the next thing. <laughs> You're right. But wait. But he, okay. The one bad. He does one bad. One. One. He fixes bad the thing. Tower of Pisa, he, which no, is actually he, yeah, probably a fix, good thing. Right. He, he fixes, fixes a leaning Pisa, building. And then they're like, Superman's evil now. Don't think too much about that. That's what the movie's doing over and over and over. And it does get frustrating. Kevin, what did you think? You know, <laughs> I, I have to say, uh, I was off on the wrong foot because I, again, it's one of my all-time favorite movies, Superman. My favorite superhero super, uh, super uh, movie. And mm-hmm. part of my favorite is those opening credits. And I remember, you know, we had VHSs mm-hmm. and I would always record them. And uh, Superman, the original movie, was like, what, over two hours. So you couldn't put it on the really fast, the really good quality speed because it wouldn't fit. So my right. mother said, just cut off the, the, the credits in the beginning. And I was no. like, oh, the best part. I was like, sacrilegious. That's the we best part. We, we talked about that on the episode. Credits. Yeah. That's so the best good. part of the movie. So I'm looking in forward a great to movie. that. Exactly. So first of all, we're running a little late to the drive-in. We, <laughs> we get to the point where now in drive-ins, they've changed from... It used to be you could put the little speaker in your window and roll it up. Now it's changed to you can find it on your radio station. Right. So we're pulling up a little late. I'm already really irritated. And my mom can't find the right station. So I'm already like, come on. But as we pull up and she finds the right station, I'm always like, this is not it. This can't be it. Because those credits. And then, of course, I realize it's Superman. But they were so weak. And they're blurry. And they they (laughs) don't fit. With that open, and I, as, as a kid, I hated all the slapsticky comedy that was going mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know how Richard Donner has his Richard Donner cut of Superman. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could go back in and make a Kevin Shinnick <laughs> Superman three. I think there is <laughs> salvageable stuff here. Uh, not all of it, but like you get rid of a lot of the comedy. Fred, I love that uh, bad Clark. Good, I mean, a good Clark, bad Superman fight. I think that's worth yeah. the price of admission yeah. there because, again, it was different. What I yeah. thought would be really cool, but it was a deep cut for Superman fans, was once Gus Gorman puts in the wrong stuff, I so thought it should have come out red. Because in the comics, red kryptonite is what makes oh, him yeah. do crazy stuff like that. That go. would have made sense to there me. There you go. When it he- also made sense because Superman picks up a rock that looks exactly like the rock Gene Hackman <laughs> gave him two movies ago. And exactly. he's like, thank you. Exactly. That's what I'm like, he doesn't know what fucking kryptonite looks I like. He know. wouldn't be a little worried. He's it's so freak. true. He's like, what? I'm, I'm a dummy. I mean, I had the same problem Whoa. when he freezes the lake. My problem was you, you can't support that from the end. 
That's going to snap. <laughs> You've got to get under that. You've got to get under that and then dropping. Otherwise, it's just going to snap. Yeah, don't think too much about that. Don't think, think too much. But also, I've, I've always had a huge crush on an tool. Oh so that also God. carried such, such weight for me that I was like, yeah. all right, I'll go with this. But Dan, to your point, this script is filled with us telling you things. My favorite line, what's he going to do? Fly him down one at a time? Which is what it's like. No one thought that. So someone had to say it so that he could say, no, I'm going to go put this thing down and everybody slides yeah. down it. The script oh, is pretty boy. bad, but it had enough memorable moments for me that I was like. It can like, do everything a computer can do and a thousand <laughs> things it can't do. What does that mean? I don't even know Robert what that Vaughan. means. You know, my I, I made my daughter watch it with me recently and she, dare I say, really enjoyed it because at times okay. she's 11 at times. Superman one and two was a little too intense for her. And so now mm. she's like, you know what? This was a little, little more lighthearted, okay. kind of fun. I can yeah, get I on can board that. with it. And I was like, all right. Okay. Good but introduction um, for her into it. There are fun, like set pieces, yes. you know, that in theory that I remember enjoying as a kid. And they, 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 as a kid, they jumped out at me. I just w- watching it now. They, they, none of them added up to me. And, and yes, that junkyard scene is fantastic. He's great. I just want the, the, there was no payoff for me at the end. Um, and I will say one more thing, Robert Vaughn, there was one point he said, come on, do this for me, old buddy. Hello, pal. I thought, Oh my God, he's judge smells. He's, he's judge smells. They should have gotten Ted Knight. You didn't see the man come flying out of the sky from the clouds. It was him. Are you my pal? <laughs> Superman's bad. There's a lot of uh, badness in the world today. I see it in court every day. I mean, he was bad. I've sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Didn't want to do it till I owed it to them. Yeah, I've been thinking that I'm not making enough money for this gig. How about a fresca? That's what what's great about Robert great Vaughn about in this, because he is essentially Judge Smales. He's pretty funny mm-hmm. in this, I think. Like, this, <laughs> the big scene where... No he stakes, brings though. Richard Pryor up to the office and they uh, and and he's that whole scene is very funny to me. I was watching it again today. I was like, I actually laughed out loud at the one point where Robert Vaughn like grabs Richard Pryor's arms and Richard Pryor kind of half-heartedly touches <laughs> his, his, his elbows. That's funny. That, I laughed at that. Funny. You're right, Jason. I laughed out loud at that too. Loud. And then there are jokes like, like, like Robert Vaughn says, Columbia has two major exports and one of them is coffee. <laughs> That's very funny. That's funny, he says the thing about, I don't know, maybe it was Attila the Hun said, yeah. it's not enough that uh, yes. I succeed. What my enemies should fail. <laughs> it's, I mean, it was, it's so arch. It's so silly. It's so arch. I, when I first saw it, I remember going to see it and grappling with that thing as a kid being like, this wasn't like, you know, because Superman two upped the, oh like my everything. God. Yeah. I loved Superman one so much. And then Superman two, like kind of blows your mind. I think Superman one is a better movie ultimately, but as a kid, you yeah. don't see those you right. know, those seams or the, you know, the, no. the critical eye isn't the same. You're just like, oh my God, everything I could imagine from a Superman movie is happening. They're fight, they're tearing apart Metropolis and everybody can fly and everybody. Amazing. And then, but the thing is at the end of that and the whole thing with Lois Lane, you know, I said that thing in the description where they're like, well, that's been played out. But the truth is it kind of was, you it can't was. go anywhere else with the Margot Kidder thing. It's true. Once you do that. And how many more people are going to fly from other planets? So it, yeah. they're in a shit position where they probably, 
and the and the real the, the real answer is don't make any more movies, right? <laughs> like you don't have to <laughs> keep making movie, Superman right, movies. Right. But I actually at the time I remember being kind of like grappling with the am I disappointed in this or it didn't do all the things I wanted the right, Superman movie right. to do and then you hunt for the things that are like well the, the junkyard fight that's cool that's cool you know you find the little bits right. and pieces here and there but over time and of course I've seen this movie a lot I <laughs> I've grown to really like I keep coming back to it in spite of myself and I'm like yeah why I do I like <laughs> Superman 3 I agree. what is it about this thing. and I think it's the cure I think it's like I I stare, I don't stare at another Superman poster the way I stare at this Superman poster because I'm like, hmm. it's so fucking weird. There's Christopher Reeve flying yeah. with Richard Pryor <laughs> over the Grand Canyon. It's so fucked up in its way. It's yeah. so kind of subversive in its way. And that's Richard Lester fucking, that's Richard Lester yeah. saying like, I, I, I came in and I did you a favor. I, I finished up Superman 2. It was a big hit. You asked me to do another one. I don't really like this kind of movie. Right. I like parodies, funny satire. I like the stuff I did with the Beatles. I, yeah. I like to upend conventions. I've got so he's got social satire on his mind. He's a Brit. This movie plays like a real parody of 1980s America. All the stuff That's about true. about the oil and gas and commerce and and the guy in the tower with a ski slope on top. You know, the one percent versus the movie opens with a, a black man on unemployment line, kind of being yeah. you know having to defend himself for why he has to claim a check this week. It seems like a big fat comedy about a, a Brit looking at America right. in the 80s and. And just pulling it all the straight and and saying, like, I have a huge budget and I have Superman flying around and I can get away. I, I can know. do all this stuff and I can make fun of computer culture and I can make fun of this and, that, you know, tech culture. Yeah. And I, I, I'm giving it way too much credit. There's a lot of silly stuff and it. it's all silly stuff, you know, but I kind of dig the sense of humor and I've kind of grown to really have a soft spot in my heart for it. And Christopher Reeve is outstanding and Annette O'Toole is pretty outstanding. Yeah, she's great. And I think Robert Vaughn's pretty funny. And I think all his, you know, I think Pamela Stevenson's really funny as the, the blonde bimbo role. I think, you know, Richard Pryor. Yeah. He's never, it's, it is very much like the toy. It's like the same kind of thing where he's like he kind of shackled by being hope, a PG yeah. movie. Right. So it's like, that's not his comfort zone. So I enjoy Oh, yes, oh, all that at, shit, you uh, know. The noises. I, know. I mean, him I him falling off the building with skis oh. was a precursor to Mariel Hemingway being able to breathe in space in Superman 4. <laughs> right. Yes, just <laughs> not hot nonsense, right? It's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and the computer, that's like, I built a computer... And now it knows how to make kryptonite. Wait, wait, wait. What do you right. mean it knows how to make kryptonite? <laughs> you couldn't find it on the computer. But how did the computer find it in itself? There's a lot of stupid stuff in it. I just, how are. did he know to get to the, to the tanker and he's putting the oil back in the tanker? I'm going, that's not how physics work. I know right. he blew you know? the oil back and in. He blows that in and then he uses heat vision. Yeah. He should have blown the tanker up. I know. Um, heat vision on the oil. He's using... I but his know. acting is so. I, I I can watch him play that evil Superman all day, oh, yeah. and I he know me too. clearly is relishing it. But I, my favorite scene of the evil Superman is the first one where it's just the hint of it, where he's with Annette O'Toole, yeah, right. and she's like, yeah. "Oh, you've got to go, right?" And he's like, "Well, there's no rush." The bridge. Oh, it's okay. I always get there on time. Come on, let's relax a little. 
You know, it's unusual finding a good-looking girl like you alone like this. Listen, um, are you sure you shouldn't do something about the bridge? What bridge? No, no, no. I always get there in time. Let's sit down and relax. I never get to spend time with a beautiful girl like you. And she's clearly creeped out by it. And he's and he doesn't know what he's doing. And then she says, no, check on the bridge. And he gets this look and he's ashamed and he's confused. He's going through puberty. He's like finally waking up to his own. And that's the thing. And I think that's the the one masterstroke in this is, you know, you guys know this. I'm my favorite superhero movie of all time is Superman two. I can't get enough of it. It's brilliant. The Richard Lester one, not the Richard Donner one. Right. Go to hell, Richard Donner. That well, 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 be, wait, wait. When you say it's the Richard bad. Lester one, though, it's bad. The, the Richard no, no, Lester I mean, one is like half Donner. I was right, going to say it's, it's like three quarters Donner. I stupid Amazon made me buy. I don't know how I did this. It didn't make me do anything. I mistakenly bought the Richard Donner. <laughs> cut. I love just to see it. And I hate this thing with passion because I love regular <laughs> Richard course. Donner Lester Superman 2 so much. And I love the Paris sequence and I love all of yep. it. And we did our superhero movies episode and that was top of my list because it's, it's, it's just so thrilling to me. And I have so many good memories based on it. I did not see Superman three and I have not seen it end to end until yesterday. Wow. I saw a wow. lot of clips. I saw a lot of scenes. I saw wow. a lot of things at friends houses on cable. Okay. Wow. But here's why I didn't see it, because it got bad reviews. Mm -hmm. And even at nine years old or whatever, I'm going, oh, it's bad. Oh, people are saying it's really bad. I don't want it to ruin. And I've never seen a moment of Superman four for the same reason. So I didn't want it to ruin. Never seen a moment of that. The thing the thing that is most sort of unforgivable to me, besides all of the don't think too much about that stuff, which just doesn't, you know, I I have to have something to grab onto here. And the thing that I think and I I didn't put that together, what you said that Richard Lester is actually doing. And I think you're right. That is what he thinks he is doing. All of that social commentary. I actually love the opening uh, that physical score. You know, and I love it. And I even love what he's doing at the end there. He's saying, hey, phone booths. We're doing this. Yes, exactly. That's what this whole movie is right. going to be. True. You which is, which is a fuck you to a lot of people, right? It, it if you exactly want to, is. But yeah. he's exactly saying, is. he's putting his dick on the table and saying, this is what this is going to be. So <laughs> right. you can leave now if you don't want to see science and see. nonsense and Richard yeah. Pryor. But do you yeah. put your dick on the table for Superman? I mean, <laughs> you do when you're, <laughs> when you're Richard Lester. You do if you're Marlon Brando. Speaking of putting your dick on the table for <laughs> Superman, was it me or were there a, were, were there a lot of shots of Christopher Reeve, the crotch shots? And well, things were yeah. looking pretty super down there. Did you notice yeah, that? She, was that just me? When ah. she's sitting there on the, empi- on yeah. the Empire State, on the Statue of Liberty, Liberty. Yeah, and yeah, his yeah. dick is right in her face, practically. Yeah. I was like, whoa. So, uh, I mean, no. maybe, yes, maybe you're right there, Jason. Like, they, they were go. it was a little bit more subversive. It's subversive. Thought you'd never get here. Well, I hope you don't expect me to save you because I don't do that anymore. <laughs> don't worry. I'm long past saving. <laughs> well, don't let me keep you from anything. I'm not in a rush. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Don't get a boner. Don't get a boner. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the most unforgivable thing about this is that. I mean, barring that ridiculous scene, which I think might be the worst scene in the movie, when, when Richard Pryor is pretending to be the army general. Now, you people, you like to go sit in church on Sunday, don't you? Yeah. You like to sit and watch the Super Bowl? Yeah. Sit on what? You sit on 
molded plastic seats, molded to your well-fed behinds. To make that be their only scene together until the very end, that's the most unforgivable thing. You got Reeve, you got Pryor, yeah. you got these two great iconic legends. Give them some stuff to do together. You're absolutely the right. Movie. That that's is a weird, weird, weird thing about that. Yeah. It's like they were afraid of their own, didn't have the courage of their own convictions. They say like, we're going to make this comedy with Richard Pryor and Superman, but I, I don't know, it'll be fucking weird <laughs> to see them together too much. So we keep them apart for 90% of the movie. You're they said the same right. thing about Sleepless in Seattle. That's <laughs> 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 Well, let's save it for the end. That's let's save it for the end. <laughs> That's too good. good. They were going to call it Sleepless in Smallville. And they went they were. Way. And then, but, you know, speaking of Smallville, you know what uh, always stayed with me was, you know, there's that scene where they go on that picnic, you know, and, mm-hmm. and again, find a new way to to make him turn from Clark. And they do go behind the fence and it looks <laughs> I'm like, all right, I got that. Okay. But when the little what's his face goes and gets his head hit and he's and all those tractors come, yeah. Superman goes in, stops it and gives the kid who's driving the tractor that look like. You're going to fuck with me and I'm going to rip your head off. And the kid's like, I'm just doing my job, Superman. And I thought that poor kid, he probably, he's a teen, but he probably loves Superman. And he's at work and the Superman shows up and gives him that look. And he's like, I think that kid just went home and took his life. I think, I think I was like, it is really funny. It is like, it's not my fault that this kid ran into this field and fell asleep. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't check all these things. These are very high reads. I can't see everything. Yeah. But I the wheat co that's yeah, that we, company, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, the exactly. irony. That's the irony there we is that came, anything yeah. that's bad we is because came. of Robert Bond's company, right? It's all subsidiaries. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like that too. Yeah. That even in Smallville, the reach and we're of forgetting this, what's his face you know, um, kind of plays mm-hmm. um, Gordon Gecko, who, who yeah. plays Brad, the guy who plays Brad. He's very good. Oh, yeah, he was but, the original. He was Richie's older brother in, ha- yes, in the pilot yes, of Happy yes. Days. Ah, yes. Okay, he was original Chuck. Yes, yes, he was original Chuck. Oh, one of two, Devin, yes. Gavin O'Hurley, I think, is his name. Yeah, he just died recently. He's a drunk. Now you know why he drinks. Because he didn't get that. Yeah, he's he didn't the, get the part. How did Brad show up in Metropolis, though, at the <laughs> end? Right. He came there. He knew that He knew that Lana Lang was there, and he wanted to yeah, see her. Yeah, he went to uh, see her. Fred, don't think too much about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. But here's the funny thing. How do Robert Vaughn and the rest of them know that he's turned back good again? Don't think too much about they it. They don't. Nothing. I hated this movie. God, I fucking hated There's this no movie. There's no way they could have known. So, so I've I got, I got a, you know, for some reason, I have a soft spot in my heart for it. I, you know, when Chris, Chris Reeve was quoted as saying, when he read the script, wow, you guys did it. You, you, you wrote a script as equal to Superman 2. And I can only imagine what the themes we're talking about on paper <laughs> that maybe it's like, oh, I can see where you're going now. Now he's fighting with himself. He's not fighting with villains. You went in a direction I didn't see. But then I think they say, and here's part two, we're getting Richard Pryor. And that's why we're well, Reeves like, wait, what? I think yeah. they had a script. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. they did have I a script. They, they definitely had, apparently the lore goes, they had a version that was going to be so expensive to film that Warner right. Brothers like said no. Plick, right? They had with Mitzelplick, yes. right. with <gasps> Brainiac, and with mm-hmm. Supergirl. Mm-hmm. And it was go. a big thing. And then they cut all of that down. And what I think is interesting, though, is you get with the giant computer, 
With the supercomputer, you get the Brainiac thing. Right. With right. Superman mm. fighting himself, you get the Bizarro thing, which was well, something you also we were get. About. She looked like Bizarro when she comes out at the yes, end as a computer. Like which is apparently a thing that gave a lot of kids nightmares. I read a lot of things online where yeah, I think kids did. who are younger than we are. Yeah. You saw it. Now, you were nine, Dan, and you didn't see it at the time. I was freaked out by that when I was, I was I was freaked out by I it. I think I was like mildly freaked out. But I mean, I read things all the time about people saying like Superman 3 was a formative thing for me because <laughs> of the robot lady at the end. Like that it gave them nightmares for years or something. That was, that's why well. I said in the beginning I was excited. That was one of the moments I was excited to see again because yeah. I remember it being really freaky. And yeah. then, you know, yeah. no, not so much. But you talk about, I, I mean, I, I'm back to subversion. But even just that, to me, the most iconic image of this movie. And I have, I, I didn't wear it. I meant to wear it. I have a t-shirt with this it's superman five o'clock shadow at an all-american bar with, yeah, i love it uh, with johnny walker yeah. red sitting yeah. there and like flicking the peanuts and yeah. downing the shots and it's and it's a great image but at the moment when it came out it was kind of like well this is your this is all the superman you're getting for several years and yeah and this is and it's it is it's a it's a subversion that feels uh, can feel disrespectful, can feel like, you know, not disrespectful. That's giving it too much. It's too highfalutin a, a term, but you know what I mean? It just feels like it, it takes the air out of it. Pauline Kael said an awesome thing in her review, which was kind of a mixed review. It was like, eh, this was good. This was bad. This was funny. This was weird. She said, I get the sense that the director, if he could have found a way to not make Superman fly in this movie, he would have. He would have. <laughs> he would have. Yeah, Not right. because he didn't want us to have a good time, mm -hmm. but because he has lost touch with the mythic elements of the of the character in the storyline. And that's yeah. and that is true. But I think it is by design. I mean, so for whatever it's worth, I think it's by design. I think he was like, I'm making a comedy with uh, an American yeah. comedy with Superman at the center. Yeah. And I, for some reason I've chosen to give over to that over the years and I like it, but I get why no, people I would you. hate it. Absolutely. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and cast the version that we wish they would have made with Mixoplick and, and Brainiac and Supergirl with eighties iconic actors. Good. Well, we already question. said that. We, I mean, Richard Dreyfuss was sort of our own Mythoplex <laughs> to uh, Nick Nolte's Superman. You That's, know. True. That's true. That's true. I'll never say my name backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about David Soul as Brainiac? No? David Soul <laughs> as Brainiac. Christ. Tyne da Daly as, uh, as Supergirl? No? <laughs> you know, it's funny, Jason, though, in a way, Everything you're talking about that Lester did with this, they kind of did with Man of Steel in a in a more dramatic way. I mean, they turned him into Batman, but they're like, we know what Superman is. What can we do different? Right. And right, so right, you right, right. don't get this. You don't get the all American. You, get the same you don't satisfaction, get the, Yeah. Yeah, and you get the same sense of like I'm kind of missing the things that I liked about Superman. Yeah. You know? But anyway, but Christopher Reeve is great. That's why, you know, the thing is, he's giving such a good performance at the center. Yeah, and then when he, he does and he goes to the dark places and you can tell he's enjoying that as mm -hmm. an actor. But when he comes out yeah. of it on the other on either side of that, he's so fully committed that when you see it, you're like, OK, well, there's Superman. I mean, exactly. Superman. He's still you're there. comforted. You're comforted. So you do get that. You get that pleasure of like yes. him being great as opposed to. But you know what? They, oh, I just read this for the first time in my life. They almost had to recast it because he was like, you know, they were a whole thing, contracts and money and stuff. Christopher Reeve decided to do it. But before he decided to do it, 
Tony Danza. I read that. I heard what? that. I only yeah. heard that now. And my whole I life, I've never heard that. And I just heard that Tony Danza was the guy they tapped to yeah. if Christopher Reeve didn't come back. Thank and God he came back. <laughs> would have been a, a but, subversion but guys, that I could but, not. But Tony Danza as Bizarro, you've got my money. <laughs> you've got my money. How many Sheilas? Oh, Fred's so like Fred's like fuck. Let's move on already. I give it. I I give this two. Two Sheilas. One for Christopher Reeve as Superman. One for Christopher Reeve as bad Superman. (laughs) I never want to watch. I never want to watch this movie again. I it 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 was was so upsetting (laughs) to me. I felt like. This movie was about as disappointing as walking in and watching Santa Claus just fucking your mom. Wow. Wow. <laughs> God <Wow>. damn. <laughs> All right. So to Danny. Uh, mm. What did you give it, Fred? Two. two. I'll go three. <laughs> I'll see your two and raise you a, uh, a uh, you know, I, I did think it was cool when the computer <laughs> went like this on Superman's face. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the computer mm-hmm. actually, not only was it a sentient computer, but the computer physically attacked. Dan, Superman. you don't have to defend this against Fred. We support you in your love of this. <laughs> I love the, your three Sheila love. Listen, I always have to one up Fred in some way. So yeah. I'm, I'm one upping okay. him by one no. Sheila because of the moment when the computer goes, I'm going to get right. you Superman. Right, right, like right. This. Cause that was, I was like, Oh, there's your movie right that there. That freaked me out as a kid too. I remember that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was pretty cool. Still too. I'll go 4.5 because I like it better than Jaws 3 and I still have to leave room for Superman 4, which was like a 2. So that's why I'm going a little higher. Nice. Gentlemen. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We're in Gremlins 2 territory. (laughs) 9 point what? 7.5. Oh, okay. Wow. I'll give you that. I'll give you That's that. That's reasonable. 7.5. That's a 75 okay. on a test for Richard Lester's <laughs> takedown of American culture in 1983. I'll give you that. Richard Pryor, gentlemen, a native of Peoria, Illinois. Right? Oh, that's Where right. Wow. Big statue of him downtown. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you could say Richard Pryor, Hofstra grad, because you're, you're always, you like I'm to bring up the I'm always pointing out the Hofstra grads. And you know the other big famous person who's from Peoria, Illinois? Who's that? Longer than any something wow. in the something. Nice noodles. Higher than the <laughs> nice noodles. <laughs> and Fogelberg noodles, oh, who was course. her cousin. There was a version, and it's hard uh, to get, but you can find it. I don't know if it's on Disney Plus of the, the Jabba Palace sequence where it's actually Dan Fogelberg singing mm-hmm. for Jabba now. They yeah. release anything uh, on Disney Plus now. Yeah. Oh and God. Max Rebo is the leader of the band. <laughs> he does that instead of leader of the band. It's Max Rebo. Are we oh. ready to talk about the big gun? Many Bothans died to bring Kevin Shinnick to this podcast. It's true. So it's true. We, we got to get in there. We. Uh, uh, guys, it's the return of the Jedi. Wow. An epic of heroes, villains, and aliens from a thousand worlds. Did you crap? The quest continues. The circle closes. The saga lives on. Return of the Jedi begins May 25th at a theater in your galaxy. 
Luke Skywalker, played by Mark Hamill and a very 1980s hairdo, travels to his home planet of Tatooine to rescue Han Solo, played by Harrison Ford, who begged to be killed off in the third act, but who can be seen dying on the inside throughout, nevertheless. <laughs> From the vile Jabba the Hutt, played by Harvey Weinstein, the Empire <laughs> prepares to crush the rebellion with a more powerful Death Star, while the rebel fleet, including Billy D. Williams and a squid crossed with a marmoset, mounts a massive attack on the space station. Meanwhile, Princess Leia, played by Carrie Fisher, befriends a race of teddy bear-like creatures on the forest moon of Endor, while Luke confronts his father, Darth Vader, played by David Prowse's body, James Earl Jones's voice, and what appears to be the upper two-thirds of Carl Reiner's head, <laughs> in a final climactic duel before the evil Emperor Palpatine, played by a deliciously villainous Ian McDiarmid. Directing duties on the final chapter in George Lucas's original Star Wars trilogy were offered first to Steven Spielberg, who was unable to take the reins due to an issue with the Directors Guild, and then to David's Lynch and Cronenberg, who both passed, before the relatively inexperienced but by all accounts lovely Richard Marquand signed on, only to be shadowed and micromanaged by Lucas at every turn. Return of the Jedi, briefly renamed Revenge of the Jedi, when screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan convinced Lucas that the word return would make for too weak a title, earned $23 million upon its May 25th opening in 1983 going on to take in over $252 million upon its initial release. After multiple re-releases, however, including the 1997 special edition with its ruinous musical erasures of both Horrendous. the Cy Snoodles Horrendous. classic Lochte Neck and the Ewok anthem Chub Chub Icha Chub Chub. <laughs> Jedi st- <laughs> Whatever it was called. Icha <laughs> Nub Nub, Lub Lub. Jedi stands tall with a worldwide box office tally of $475.1 million. Fred, Dan, and Kevin. What did you guys think of the return of the Jedi? Wait, I, I, so let me Fred just is confused re- because I agree. Either you flipped it or there's more of the story that yeah. continues. So what? my understanding has always about the name. My understanding was that, and I remember this from reading Bantha Tracks, was that it was always, it was Revenge of the Jedi from the start. Right. And someone wrote in, a fan actually wrote in and uh, to Bantha Tracks and George Lucas, someone got in touch and said, a Jedi would not take revenge. So then they changed it after the fact. That is what I've That's, always- That is what happened. But, it, but initially it, it was actually Return of the Jedi before it was Revenge of the Jedi. That's what I'm saying. Is oh. that it was named Return. It didn't then continue, it was changed yes. to Revenge yes. because Kasdan was like, you need a more exciting, you know, the last one was, if first one's Star Wars, second one's, Empire Strikes Back. This one's just Return of the Jedi sounded soft to Lawrence Kasdan. So George Lucas changed it to Revenge. And then it, which actually explains to me why he was so um, quick to go back to Return ah, because right. it was his initial impulse. And then you get fans saying, that seems a little harsh for a Jedi. And before and that, it so was. So I think it's both are true, is okay, what I'm getting. Right. So. Before that, it was Jedi coming at you. <laughs> Is what it was originally. And then they said, no, I don't think that that's not going to fly. Jed's eye. He threw a thermal detonator at the screen. He threw a lightsaber at this. The Wampa came out and went, ooh, 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 <laughs> Well, then you know that uh, Star Trek II was supposed to be Revenge of Khan. 
and they were like, oh, crap. Really? Uh, oh. Revenge of the Jedi just took revenge. Oh. So then they went with Wrath of Khan, and then Revenge of the Jedi went back to return. That's why we have no revenge, <laughs> revenge movies That's during so this funny. era. But you That's know what? So it would have been so... No it, like, thinking about it now, and I never thought about this, Well, it, it, it would have been amazing if they kept it as Revenge of the Jedi um, for so many reasons. But, I mean, you know, we, Return of the Jedi works great. But, because for me, I always remember... You know, the, the the thing that stood out to me, you know, we talked about how we were excited. I had the comic books, everyone, you know, we, we were mm-hmm. all ready to go. I always remember the trailer and there was all those unanswered yeah. questions. You know, <laughs> is he his father? You know, what, yes. what happens to Han? There's all there's so many things that we, I mean, this was one of the most anticipated movies in history, I would Ever. think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for at least people, you know, kids our age. I mean, it, we couldn't wait. And I always remember when the, when the trailer first aired, the thing that me and all my friends were like, what the f- Fuck, was the shot where the elevator opens and you see Luke and Darth Vader together and Luke is wearing black. And yeah. it was like, what is, is he joining him? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And so awesome. yeah. that to me was the most exciting thing, just going into it. And it's still a great, I, I think it's a great touch that they do that. It's a great shot in the movie, but it would have been interesting to keep it because that's really so much of the soul of the movie is what is Luke going to do? Right. Is he going to take revenge? So it would have been pretty ballsy to keep it as that. No, I agree. I remember that blew my mind. Even just, they're just standing next to each other. I was like, Oh my God, they're standing next to it. They're not fighting. Oh my God. You know, all this stuff. It was, it was, it blew my mind. The emperor has been expecting you. I know father. So, you have accepted the truth. I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self you've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. Jason, I showed this to the fellers before we started. Let me see. Did you have this? <gasps> no. Dan is holding up join- the Return of the Jedi. The Ewoks join the fight. 45. Storybook? Oh, it's a 45. This is a book and record, yes. gentlemen, that I still have. And and wow. what I really want to know what I was doing in 1983, wearing this thing out. <laughs> wearing it out. Why is it um, sticky? <laughs> yeah, why is it? I think we all know why. This is the story of the Ewoks join the fight. You can't. Now, you got to find this online, Jason. Put it in here. You can read along, you can read along with, with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R2-D2 beep like this. Let's begin now. And he would beep and he would turn the damn page. And I, uh, it was the greatest. Did you the put greatest. little Ewok stickers in there? It looks like there's stickers in there, you adorable thing, you. Puffy sticker. <laughs> wicket. Wicket, wicket <laughs> sticker. Okay, remember puffy stickers? And then look at this one. And that's what I saw. I saw with him with a little, <laughs> little pony <laughs> and, a, and a, two other a goddamn pony. And two oh more baby Ewoks. Look at that. I know that people have problems with the Ewoks, but God damn it, I loved them. Wow. Who didn't I love the Ewoks? I loved them so much. I mean, many well, a lot people, of people don't. don't. No, many people, people don't. don't. And at our age, though. I went through waves because when I first saw them, I agree with you, Dan. It was like, who... Who's, oh, that's a great picture. Who's not, uh, what's not to love? It was great. And then I want to say maybe like a year later, I was like, no, fuck the Ewoks. I didn't like, like I grew out of them very quickly. And I've sort of come back to them. We'll talk. I don't want to jump ahead, but. um, Did you have the Ewok village? 
<laughs> no, I didn't. Have I didn't that. have it either. But my friend Nick had it. I was so damn jealous. I had Dagobah. Wow. And mm-hmm. I still play with that. But I didn't have the Ewok Village. It was expensive. It was an expensive toy. You know what's interesting <laughs> with the toys? My mother was like, too expensive. And, You're not getting that. I was yeah. like, oh, come on, You know on, what I'm remembering? Man. At this point, because it's funny, it's only because you mention the, the Ewok Village. I don't have many, if any, toys from Return of the Jedi because this was the point where I was starting. I was a little Mm. too old. Empire Strikes Back, I could not get enough. But that makes me feel bad because I'm older and I had them all. (laughs) You had everything because you were a good, because you were a good fan. Look at this. Look at that. The storybook based Based on on the movie. movie. Okay. Look at this. I have the, the official uh, that I still edition. have. That Look I still have. That. And I, I had that poster, which I loved. Yeah. Which I which thought one? was a nice, oh, the, oh, the, yeah, the yeah. holding the lightsaber. How it's such a great poster. It's so simple. I loved that poster. Yeah, me too. I wish that was still the image that they would use emotionally right? for that movie. I love that image. Um, I told you guys. This is amazing. And I so t- that. Yeah, that's a great shot. That's a great shot. Dan keeps showing things for a podcast. He keeps showing things. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Listeners, look at this. This is another thing. I've never seen anything like this. Again, just a reminder, because he's such a staple nowadays, that this was really the first time we saw the Emperor. Yes. Because the first time Correct. we saw him was em- was Empire Strikes Back, and it wasn't even the same It wasn't actor. him, yeah. So to see him when he comes out, really. and it was I mean, just all those scenes were so brilliant to start with that. And I remember Star Wars was fantastic. Darth Vader was in dark, a little, little cloudy, little needed a buffer. Empire, he's even more shiny. This one, you could see yourself in his reflection. It was so amazing. It's like three guys are, were just working over just with a fine chamois. Just buffing and buffing, buffing and buffing. Out. It's so true. Just buffing him out. Well, the- he looks amazing. He's so cool he and does. so shiny. So I have, and I'm assuming that most of you guys, maybe you and I, Kevin, you know, you can't get the original. Uh, You can only watch it on Disney Plus now. But I have the DVD, much to these guys' chagrin, I told them, I have DVDs where the bonus disc is the original theatrical cut of all the movies. So Mm -hmm. I was actually going back and forth watching it on Disney Plus and then watching it. Like I had Disney Plus on my phone and then I had the original theatrical on my TV and something that... I, I mean, there's there's a lot of things I don't like about what, what Lucas did with all the added CGI and whatnot, but there's something about just even the film stock and the film, like it looks grainier yeah. than the original, yeah. and I love it. So like, Darth Vader is still very shiny, but like but- <laughs> when, like 3PO and R2D2 watching the original cut, like you see the dirt on them, and they, that's all sort of cleaned up on the newer versions. Yeah. Everything is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. much shinier. You know, I watched... I started to watch most of it on Disney Plus, and then I stopped at the Snice Noodles because it's like, no, don't want to see that. And I fast forwarded there. I fast forwarded there. Well, that's when I put in the DVD, and I'm like, let me <laughs> let me go back, and I'll start from the beginning. Uh, and as soon it's as it's, and, you know what it was, even just seeing the original 20th Century Fox yeah. and the original blue Lucasfilm LTD mm-hmm. brought me back. Of course. And I'm like, no, this is it. I'm not watching the the Disney no, Plus know. one. And just seeing the graininess of the film. Everything about that because when it, it was so interesting when I'm watching it on on the Disney Plus version, I'm enjoying it, but I'm like not as into it. I'm like I don't know, do it? Maybe I don't. I like this is cool. I remember the uh, it's, doesn't it's, it's feel okay. as special. It doesn't as soon feel as I as put special. the original back on, I was like, oh no, I'm there. Yeah, 
It was, yeah. it was wild. Well, it's also you're connected to your childhood more. When I you think see that's that. a huge thing. It's you know, it's like I have the VHSs of those original ones, and I, and too. I gotta say, I remember the Empire. I, I thought kind of benefited most from those uh, uh, refurbishings in the late. 90s. Well, they did. They did the least did with the Empire, least. I think, in exactly. terms of addition. But, but, yeah. But what made mm. sense to me was, and I didn't think about it at the time, but like you know, you live in Cloud City, and there's not one window to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So they went and, and put and made everything window. And you're like, oh, that makes a heck of a lot more sense. And even they they added to the scope of things. So like at the end of Jedi, when the Emperor is dead, you see across all the cities that we now know, you know, uh, Coruscant, mm-hmm. all that, that they're toppling statues. It had a bigger scope. Yeah. But yeah, you can't take away. That's what was so great. I didn't even realize when they did um, the animated series Rebels. They went back and you forget that we moved away from these things because we're not so into it. But like they went back and got all the original sound effects. And I wasn't aware we moved away from them. But all of a sudden you're watching Rebels and the same effect you had, Fred, where you're like, oh, the 20th century logo. All of a sudden I'm hearing things that immediately shoot me back to when I'm like eight. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's what a lightsaber sounds like. You know, now I told you guys I had the great privilege of working with George Lucas on a couple of shows and stuff like that. And also I've uh, uh, worked with Mark Hamill on uh, Robot Chicken and Spider-Man and Mad and all these things. And it's funny to hear him talk about it because you mentioned the Ewoks and how hated they are. He will remind you that everybody hated C-3PO until the Ewoks came along. And he was like, everybody hated C-3PO so much that in Empire is why he gave Han Solo all those lines voicing everybody's unhappiness with C-3PO. And he said, everybody forgets that. Because the Ewoks came along. And then he's like, everybody forgets to how much they hated the Ewoks when Jar Jar comes along. You know what I mean? It's like, it's always, everybody's like, wait, now this sucks. But he's like, oh, it's something always sucks. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, people watching the rise of Skywalker, there must be people who are like, you know what? I miss Jar Jar Binks. I miss uncomplicated Jar Jar Binks. It gets, yeah, it gets less offensive with the passage of of time. I will say, and I, you know, George Lucas is amazing. This time, I watched this and I had the same thought you did, Kevin. I was watching the end and I was like, I agree with this impulse to make the death of the emperor a bigger celebration that we see everywhere because it always, always felt too small to me right. to see just Considering. the Ewok village. It's like the whole universe is affected by this and we don't see any of it. But I, I don't agree with the music, this Yanni. Show. No, I know Yanni. Like the, I the Ewok song is totally is it gone. Honestly, Yanni. It's not. Really no, I don't Yanni. know what it, it is. Sounds it's like Yanni. Sounds, like sounds just like it. It, it sounds, sounds like just that like kind it. of thing. I never but, thought I would say that I missed the Ewok song. I, I know. totally miss it. Miss I totally yeah. miss it. You'll hear it. You'll hear it a little later, Fred. You'll hear it a little later. There are seven drag performers in Las Vegas right now doing me. It was a G.I. Jane I'm going to, okay? He succeeded his clothes. But I will say, I kind of, this time I got, with all the messing around that they do, that Lucas does, and, and George Lucas, great man, think the world of him. <laughs> But it did kind of, but it's like, I know you own it, but you know, Warner Brothers right. owns all their films. I don't right. think, you know, if they went back and said, oh, we'll, we'll do this to the Matrix and the Wachowskis can't say, you know, it, it seems wrong 
to go in and make so many changes to another director's work. Because it is another director, even if he shadowed the guy, you know. Correct. But you're totally foreshadowing where we are now. I I mean, any Star Wars movie, any Marvel movie, the movies are not about the directors anymore. They're about the stamp of the company. And that's why they hired, they they brought Ron Howard on to Han Solo because it was like, nope, you want, we want someone who's going to do what we want to do. You're right. And that is the Kevin Feige thing. No, no, no. You're you're right. But that's, but that's also like, I guess it's now it's, um, now that is the culture where anybody signing right. a contract with Marvel knows I got to put in a scene like, of hey. Idris Elba talking to somebody that, are, that right. I don't know what it means, right. but it's going to mean something to somebody at some point. Yes, <laughs> Sam Raimi's <laughs> been saying that a lot. He's like, I'm just happy to be here. But yeah, I, I took things out. I added things in yeah, whatever yeah, they yeah. tell me to do. I didn't. I completely forgot that we go to jar jar land and coruscant and <laughs> yep, Ta- yep. tampa and east st louis wherever the hell else we go at the end of this thing and i was like i don't care. i don't want to see it i want to see i want to see one thing and one thing only lando carissian dancing <laughs> i want to see billy d williams dan- and i want to see him clapping off the beat of the original remember that exactly he claps yeah. completely nowhere yeah. near the beat of right. da, 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 da. and he's yet chewie chewie's got some it. rhythm though he's definitely he's a white guy grooving but he's with like it. he's grooving with it and you. you know that's all i want to see and but uh, uh, listen you guys from 83 Okay, this came out in May of 83. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From that moment until this movie came out. Right. Okay. He's holding up an Indiana Temple. Jones and the Temple of Doom book right now. Which, look at this. I'm in the dark here! Yep, he's showing Mola pictures Rom. of Mola Ram's lair. Mola okay. Ram, ding a ding. Bang, bang. Mola Ram, look at this. I'm in the dark here! It's like Same a, it's like I'm appeasing my grandfather Same who's thing. going through old vacation photos <laughs> or something. Hey, look at this. This is when we went to the waterfall. This is You where do understand we the medium we're, we're working in here, Dan, don't you? He doesn't care. <laughs> you think I understand this medium? What, <laughs> this is all beyond the paywall, Kevin. This all goes beyond uh, the paywall. I'm sure. I'm sure. Listen, I'm in the dark! I'm in the dark! I'm in the dark. You, if you ask, if you ask nine-year-old, ten-year-old Dan, what's your favorite movie? Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. This was absolutely top of the list. I liked it better than Empire. I liked it better than any movie I had ever <laughs> seen until Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, which then became my favorite movie. And, <laughs> and and with Return of the Jedi being close second, this was my favorite, favorite, favorite movie. I love everything about this. Uh, and I still love everything about this. I want to see it back in its original form again because I'm so frustrated by the Disney Plus stuff you know um so much of it i skipped i skipped past the slice noodles and i and i i just went to the end of that but here's one thing that only on this remote watch and i've seen this a billion times it's a trap okay what is it what is a trap which i love admiral akbar like candy i love him Like a fat kid on like cake. Like calamari flavored candy. Oh. Like delicious cal- mon calamari candy. <laughs> what is the actual trap? The rebels show up and think that the that the shield will not be up. Why? No, I think they think that the Death Star isn't. I think it's a. It's not I could be wrong. I think it's a few things. That one is not functional. Right. That they're there. It's a surprise that they're not going to know that. Like the they Empire, don't find out it's operational until well into the scene. The thing that makes Akbar say it's a trap is the fact that the shield is up still, and he's like, "Pull up, pull out, pull up, pull out." Right. We're going to hit the shield. Well, huh. what the, the, that the trap make sense is to me. the trap is 
the information they got that many Bothans died for him, the Emperor gave them. Yeah. So and they so they were waiting. Akbar, how does Akbar know that? No, because well, they, they're in the, wait now. All the emperors, you know, all the Tie Fighters, all the Star Destroyers are behind them. They know they're coming. Right. The whole thing was this was supposed to be a surprise, and it's not. So I think that's why they're like, oh god! Not only is the shield still up, but there is a swarm of Tie Fighters. Yeah. This was not the in and out we thought it was going to be. That's what she said. That's my joke, damn it, Dwight. It seemed on this rewatch to me, and I may be misinterpreting it, that It's a Trap comes out of, oh, the shield. Oh my gosh, we thought the shield would be down. And I was like, no, well, wait, that has to do with Han Solo and the people on the ground. That has nothing to do with the Emperor or the functionality of Death Star 2. This is you what know? happens when you have a lobster and you give <laughs> a high ahead. rank. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. It's like he's not really <laughs> equipped. To do all of this, everything's a trap. Am I the lo- am I the lobster in this analogy? You are the walrus. Admiral Akbar. No, Admiral Akbar. He keeps he keeps falling into open pots on stoves. <laughs> and then he's like, no, 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 no. Before the Dan, lid gets on. Here's the thing we don't realize: Woody, Woody Allen is chasing him around exactly. the kitchen. Admiral Akbar. I was old. calling you a lobster. <laughs> well, you were because of my because of my pincers and uh, my inability. No. No, go ahead, Kevin, please. Uh, no, no, I was just going to joke that we don't see him all the time, but he says that every other sentence. If he gets, <laughs> if, if he's stuck with the track, if he's stuck with the check, it's a trap. <laughs> it loses its effect when you see how often he says it, but that's why he said it. The thing that, that stuck with me on this rewatch, because I remember loving it as a kid, and then it, I, it sort of fell out of favor for me. You know, it was always Empire, the original, then Return of the Jedi. And for a long time... Then I really sort of, not a distaste towards it, but I was like, it's best not to talk about Return of the Jedi. There's some great moments, but it's a full movie. And then, you you know, the prequels come out and then the new movies, Return of the Jedi starts to, you know, Pretty damn good. Um, oh, in the oh, in the overall scope. Oh, of in all hindsight, the movies, yeah. yeah, in hindsight, in hindsight the overall does. scope of things. Because sure. it's, I'm trying to go back to just like, okay, what would I think just watching this movie now? You know, as as the original. A, yeah, as a Star Wars fan, if I just saw, you know, at this age or just going from Empire to this, and there's some stuff that's great. Like I, I you know, the space battle is. Is amazing. You know, it's, it's fun to see. It's great to see Jabba's palace. Like that's one of those things. Yeah, like you I were saying, it. Kevin, about the Emperor. He's delicious in this. As yeah. I think that was the word you used, Jason. Best performance in the movie, Ian McDiarmid. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, he's fantastic. He's great. He, he, he's a, he's a giving a clinic on stillness. And it's such a shame because I don't like him in the prequels. I don't like what he does. Oh, I, I like him. Oh, I, like I like him. I feel like lot. he gets he's a little. Good. He's the watchable thing about that first one. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, it is true. No, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me amend that. Uh, let me amend that. I like him when he's in McDermott, when he's Emperor Palpatine, uh, when he's Palpatine, <laughs> when he becomes the emperor in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Sith. That I don't like. That's what he gets. He becomes a different. He becomes a different emperor. That's neither the first one or the one in Jedi. It's You're like right. this crazy middle ground. Yeah, yeah. So I'll amend that. He is really good. Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. One of the biggest issues with this movie, and I think a lot of people, have, obviously Harrison Ford did, but it's Han because he doesn't he doesn't yeah. feel like 
Han. It actually does make the most sense. I think Harrison Ford is right. Like the thing that would have really been the right. best arc for his character if he did sacrifice himself. If yes. the way they no, lower the shield no. is because he's got to blow himself up. He's in no. there and he does it there. You know, it would have been awful. It's Don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it would have been terrible. Point of view, yes, but, but you're right. As been, kids, little Dan would not have, no, you know, handled I would have, that. I would have, I would have uh, run, scream. I would have been so, that's like, that's worse than when J- Jason said we should, you know, he liked when Annie, the idea of ending Annie with it's all a dream. That makes me. <laughs> I you say with Annie blowing up. That makes my heart. My, a friend of mine, a director, did a, a very famous production of Annie where she wakes up in the orphanage. Oh, at my, the God. oh my God. You're kidding me. Yeah. How soul crushing. You know, they did a cease and desist. That's like Kevin's mom saying you're grounded. <laughs> oh, no, you can't go see Return oh, of the Jedi. I'm reliving it. I'm reliving it. Horrible. Well, I will, I will say, I'll interject something where one of my favorite lines, and I still get goosebumps as we probably all do from empire strikes back is um when everything goes up and and obi-wan shows up over yoda's shoulder when luke's leaving and he's like that boy was our last hope he's like no there is another and uh, the rockets still get goosebumps so that was apparently added also because they weren't sure who was coming back two things one actor wise they weren't sure who was coming back and b they didn't want to give away the fact that Luke might die at the end of Empire, you know, or or something. He wanted there to be a little bit of suspense. Mm-hmm. So, but but it was tied in with if we can't get uh, Luke back, we can't get Mark back. You know, are, are, is he is negotiating going to stop us? Will there be another one? Can mm-hmm. we shift it over to Leia? Can we do it or whatever? Um, oh, you mean Mark he died can, at the end of Return of the Jedi? You mean no, 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 no he died at Empire. Yeah. Like, well, I'm not saying, I'm just saying he, they put that line in. Uh, to me, it's a great character moment. But then you find out it's yeah. built out of like, well, what if we lose this actor? Or what if we want to go a different direction and bring somebody else in? Oh, because he we don't says wanna... it in Empire. I, I'm he says yeah, it in yeah, Empire. He says I'm, it in Empire. I was confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, right, and then right. Mark hated the fact that they were sister, <laughs> that he was sister and brother. He was like, I thought this was just them trying to top I am your father. He goes, I yes. thought it came out of, yeah. you know, and, and he's right. And he's right. I mean, he is. That's literally. <laughs> the only I know. It's, it's exactly there. right. It's the only reason it's there. But it's, you know, th- those are the things that were taken away from me. I, I did love Return of the Jedi. Um, there were some moments I'm trying to think that, yeah, it felt a little more, Fred, to your point, like Han did seem a little more cartoonish. Or maybe the stakes weren't as real or like raw. Softer. Yeah, it was a little softer. softer, which you, it's like you want the old Han, but again, it's uh, like, but yes, he would. He's evolving yeah. as a human, as a person. But, not, but it doesn't, it seems he's evolving into somebody they don't have anything for him to do. He's, he's That's not, the problem. He's not uh, the character that he is in the other. Right. He's not exactly. pivotal. He's like along for the ride and he yeah, looks right. vaguely embarrassed to be there. He's like, Really? Me and a bunch of teddy bears and try, and like, you know, it. I've said this, I said this and you didn't you yes, hear for this, my say. hot take from uh, our first holiday episode, which where we talked about the Star Wars holiday special. And I oh said, God. in oh my God. opinion, Harrison Ford gives a better performance <laughs> in the Star Wars holiday special than he does in Return of the Jedi. He's more invested. He's more like, oh, we're going to get you back, Chewie. We're going to get you there for life. Dad. It's so true. He sees, the, he sees the Wookiees. He's like, oh, how are you, sweetheart? Uh, no, don't worry. We're going to get him back to you. 
It's he's high stakes. His stakes are so much higher. It's and this one, he's stakes. like, he keeps making that, that Harrison Ford smirk where he goes, it goes all the way up the side of his Ooh. face like Archie Bunker. He's like, yeah, well, you're going to have a good, good fucking luck. Gonna, oh, this is just like the last one. Well, yeah, well, take my ship, but don't scratch it. I'm a bunch of fucking idiots. I'm, I can't wait to get it's back so to Indiana true. Jones. It's so it's, true. So that's disheartening. Um, but, that last, but that last lightsaber battle was worth the price of admission, I thought. You know, incredible. between Darth it's and... Great. It's, it's just, wonderful. When he is pounding down on oh, him and just yes. doing it's this, the best. I was like, oh, yeah. it thrills me every time. He my, is, he's my just favorite, like, I, I said this oh when we talked God. about Empire Strikes Back. That's Empire Strikes Back is my all-time favorite lightsaber battle because it's just it's like it, it's scary to me. It's you know yes. Darth Vader is like Freddy. He's Jason. He's just coming. This one has the most emotional stakes, and yeah, and yes. it's it's wonderful. And that scene, the moment that always gets me in this is when the Emperor is killing you know zapping Luke, and oh, Vader yeah. makes a decision. Right where he goes. You don't know what he's going to do. He finally makes the decision and he turns and the music swelling and he picks up the emperor. And mm-hmm. that I always get choked up at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And Disney, they add no, no. Okay. That's what I was just going to ask. Which is that's not, what I was yeah. just going to ask. I almost smashed my television. I was like, that's I not know. in there. That's, that's not, not in there. You say no, it's, no. It's wordless why in the original. It's ridiculous. put that in there? You don't need that. It's like, For, why do you add no to Luke when he jumps, when he makes the decision to jump down the yeah. chasm and empire? No! Did he it, add no to that also? Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I think they have now That's taken it out again. Yeah. Because as Fred said, there are so many different versions now they that they keep some stuff. It's like putting Audrey too in the Sarlacc pit. You're like, we don't need <laughs> I know. that. Yeah. You read my mind. Yeah. That's what the joke I was going to make. I was like, why have Audrey too in there? It's yeah. so That's bad. That's the worst. Because the Sarlacc pit already has te- it's so impressive <laughs> it's, there's yeah. teeth coming out of the fucking side of it Not you don't enough. need a beak the beak is less impressive yeah. it's, it's less more like impressive. it's just like there are teeth circircling this thing's esophagus down to the the mm-hmm. core of the earth and that's it's so much scarier in the ground kevin you might know the answer to this being a star wars insider because i've always wondered about this how does yoda go from 800 years to 900 years in the span of a movie. He's a dog. He's part dog. You didn't know? Doesn't he say, in, in, in Empire Strikes Back, I believe he says that he's 800 years old. Right, right. And then in Return of the Jedi, he goes, you know, mm, when you're 900 years old, you're that's so how funny. You that's so funny. I'm yeah, that's just a- and I can't do math. <laughs> you your mind? You think he can do math at that age? I know. He's, yeah, math. he's lost it. Soon will I rest? Yes. Forever sleep. Mm. did I have? Master Yoda, you can't die. What the fuck are you talking about? As you know, I, as you mentioned earlier, I wrote the Star Wars novel called Force Collector about two years ago, and I and I awesome. pitched it to um, Lucasfilm, and they took a year to greenlight it, and then they called back and they said, "All right, it's greenlit." I'm like, oh, "Yes," and they're like, "We need it in three months," and I was like, "Wait, what?" I was oh like, my God. "I'm talking about like a ninety thousand word novel." They're like, "Yeah, so are we." So I killed <laughs> myself to get it to them in four months. And I handed it in at the end of 2018, which is a year before episode nine. I handed it in around Thanksgiving. Around Christmas time, they call me with notes and I'm thinking, oh, please, I hope there's not too many notes because it's like a sweater if you pull it out. And they <sighs> say, well, we have a problem we didn't foresee happening. And I was like, 
what's that? And they said, well, somehow, without knowing anything, you wrote a big section of episode nine, Rise <gasps> of Skywalker. And wow, I was like, what? Right. I, remember this I was like, you got you, you got me on the wrong gig. I should be writing the movies. And we all laughed. Like, yeah. Anyway, you got to rewrite yours. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. But what's interesting was I what I had them, wow. my character in the novel is this guy who has headaches. He doesn't know why. He realizes he may have the force when he touches certain items. Hmm. So I had him going back to Endor to find pieces of the Death Star that were embedded in the rock from having blown up. And so he could touch that and like that. And I also had, I also had him finding a Sith relic. So those two things alone, I was like, all right, right, I get it. Cause when I said them, I was like, well, what did I write? They were like, "Mm, we can't tell you, but you'll get it from the notes. I'm like, well, what do you mean? (laughs) They were like, it it is so, it's ridiculous. Uh, You know, what's hilarious is they go through such great lengths and rightly so, I guess, but I worked on this, um, I created this series with George Lucas called, um, uh, Star Wars Detours which was this animated family sitcom. We literally, <laughs> we literally, I mean, George saw us having fun with Star Wars at Robot Chicken. He saw Family Guy having fun. He's mm-hmm. like, I want to, I want in on this. Yeah. So he hires me and some others to write this series. We produced, we wrote three seasons of this show. We produced two seasons. I'm talking like 20 episodes of seasons. And then- wow. George sold the company and uh, oh, Kathleen Kennedy was like, no, we're not taking it. <gasps> so- it, it oh. it's out there somewhere. Oh I don't know God. if they'll ever come to Disney Plus at all, but it was just oh, so bizarre shit. to you know to do that. And again, so wait, just, wait, 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 wait. Even even the seasons you made, even, even the seasons, seasons we made, made have not been right seen. Now. Correct. You can find clips and trailers that we did online. Uh, just look up Star Wars Detours. Oh, wow. Aha! This is the ploy. No, it's a ruse. No, it's an ambush. No, a subterfuge. No, a confining device. A snare. A box popped up with a stick. It's a trap. It's a wrap. Where's my hat? It's a trap. Sorry, sorry. Just finally figured it out. On my way back to the office. Couldn't get it out of my head. Gotta go. Who's that? She's pretty. Well, Leia, that is Queen Amidala. Great politician, terrible taste in fashion, and makeup, and hair, and man, and bad judgment in just about every area of her life except for politics. <laughs> She's dead. Wait, 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 do you not get it, people? His name was Windu, and he went out a window. Huh? And that joke was hilarious, and you all liked it. <laughs> I That's was unbelievable, this. Kevin. Wow. Hey. This was also my favorite movie when I first saw it. When I first yeah. saw it, I remember going home and sometime that week after I saw it, I was like making my list of favorite movies. And I was like, well, Return of the Jedi. Is to, of like, course. The fact that it superseded, but a Star Wars movie had never been my favorite before. Like the oh, Superman, really? Superman was always my right, favorite. Right, of course. You know, of course. Superman, Superman 2, probably before the Star Wars. And I was like, no, like Return of the Jedi, it just... It fucking has everything. It and has the buildup beforehand. And the build it was such an explosion too. of yes. satisfaction. It's so satisfying. <laughs> but, oh, all right. All right. Calm down. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. You, you just went to the Fred zone. <laughs> I know it did, didn't I? But something that I actually think, and I don't, you know, I, yes, I think as a, as a sequel to Star Wars, as a move, as a Star Wars movie, great. As a sequel, as a direct sequel to Empire, you know, as you get no, older, it's right. like, it's just, it doesn't. Uh, it just doesn't live up to that. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't keep that ball in the air in the same way. It kind of Empire is so reverts good. back to its childhood a little bit. Yeah. It's like, it gets yeah. simpler. It's just, it's more simplistic in a lot of ways. But I did think as I was watching it, 
this time, and I, I, I've seen it so many times, obviously, but I, I always used to think, mm, I don't know if this Darth Vader as my father and being redeemed stuff, I don't know if it's earned. He's such a monster in the first two. And then he throws out, I'm your father. And then all of a sudden it's like, got to save daddy. Got to go out for a catch with dad. And like, I don't <laughs> think this monster has earned that, but it's why I actually think that the prequels don't necessarily have a lot to recommend them, but the fullness that yeah, they give to sure. a slight Absolutely. and too easy arc for Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi is maybe their greatest legacy. The prequels make his story totally more better and more satisfying and made it moving to me. Now, watching the end of this movie, I was like, yeah, I'm, good point. I carry the buildup of like knowing that he was a kid and a young man who loved someone yeah. and, you know, and these horrible things happened to him and yeah. was seduced by that fucking emperor. Mm, and I it was like, mother. It, yeah, no, it's so much bad stuff, <laughs> but the arc of the story played for me and gave it weight because I, I'll tell you, it, it, it always seems a little easy to me that he's like, Oh, well tell your sister she was right. And thank, I can't go with you now. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, you can just let me go play on the farm with all the other Vaders. <laughs> the thing with George is, he and I, I got to keep reminding myself this, but at his core, he is an independent um, experimental filmmaker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when he succeeds, we're super happy. And when he doesn't, we're like, that sucks. But, <laughs> yeah. but he's doing what he feels is true. He's trying new things. He's more of a technical guy than he is a story, you know, whatever. But he wants that's the one thing I'll say about the the well, not the one thing I'll say, but the Disney sequels. It's all same ground tread. At least the prequels, every movie he tried to give us something we hadn't seen yes, before. I you know, with you. but you're you right, know? Jason. I mean, and that's sort of what I was saying before that it's almost, I wasn't as enamored. I, I, I loved it. I was excited about it. But like I said, it fell out of favor with me fairly quickly when I was younger. And I think it was because of the reasons that you spoke of that things seemed to happen a little too quickly. I wasn't right. crazy. Is it, is this getting like too kitty? And even though I'm in fifth grade, I'm like, oh, I need something more mature. You know, I don't know what it was, but yes, when you know the mm -hmm. arc and everything that's been right. built, it does add to it. And I don't know if I enjoyed it more this time because of that. Even though I'm mm. watching the original theatrical cut, I still have the knowledge of everything that has been built into the into the mythology, you know, that we all know well, so well a, a, now. A story, an epic story that's that one man had in some part of his brain, you yeah. know, that yeah. George yeah. Lucas had some part of his totally. heart, in some part of his soul for decades, for yeah. our entire lives. He yeah, had he, had, this, he had, I mean, the first draft of Star Wars, the, the what we know as a new hope doesn't happen until like a page 120. You know what I mean? Right. It's like Crazy. he had to cut this all down. He had to do all this. I mean, we all know this now, but like, Instead of Ewoks, it was supposed to be a planet of Wookiees. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah. you know, we want to like, why wasn't that? And then now we've gotten that. So it, you know, we get that in the prequels. Right. So it's just more world building, but still it, you know. We got you that in the holiday special. Been. We got you know, it in the holiday special. Itchy, If only they had put in the, the effort that they put in the holiday special into making sure Hayden Christensen at the end, I hate that. I hate that well, so much. All, seeing his should stupid be the, face, but he doesn't have the Jason. His I eye know. line is wrong. He's not looking at I what know. Yoda and Al Guinness are looking at. I know. He's not looking. He's looking over here. I'm like, hey, hey. He walks over here. It, also, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It to makes put no him sense. There. It Those, makes no the sense. The other two looked the way they did when they fucking when they died. died. Yeah. So, I know. I know. It makes zero sense. But, That's but, right. 
I think that, but I think it's always weird because we see, again, we see Carl Reiner's head for three seconds <laughs> and then you see Carl Reiner in a bathrobe and you're like, you, With a little so more it was hair. always weird because we have no knowledge of that man. It, it's it weird is anyway. weird to have it, it, him. It's like, we don't know you at yeah, all. So I think yeah, yeah. Lucas or whoever was thinking, at least we've had three movies or two movies of Hayden Christensen. That's a touchstone that means something when you see him, but it doesn't make logical sense Well, that's all. why Luke wouldn't say. recognize him. Luke would go, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> He'd be like, who's exactly. The, who's the young whippersnapper? <laughs> he doesn't know him looking like that. That's true. Who's, I mean, who's I, the I will twink? say. Who's the twink? <laughs> I mean, I had so much. I had so much that I hated about uh, Rise of Skywalker, but personally, I always felt instead of bringing Han Solo back again in Rise, it should have been Anakin, since that was what Kylo Ren was obsessed about from day one was following in his grandfather's footsteps. Footsteps, footsteps, footsteps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're right. That's a. But I thought that would have made more sense to calm him down, being like, "It's not what you think it is." Uh, probably the best part of the movie is the is the whole Jabba's palace sequence. We haven't really yeah. talked about it. Jabba the Hutt's an incredible, incredible creation. Yep, totally. She's so gorgeous. I mean, talking about being like <laughs> twelve or thirteen and seeing Carrie Fisher like you're like holy, holy guacamole. <laughs> and, uh, she's no Mary Lou Henner. She's, she's no, no Bess Armstrong. <laughs> she's no Bess Armstrong. She's no Victoria Principal Jason. Oh you my know God! You take about. it back. If I, yes, you if Victoria Principal could be wearing that bikini, that would be bra and vo. But um, <laughs> my wrangler was released when oh, she came no. out. And then, oh boy, guys! It's also the most. It's the most Muppety one too, right? I mean, Salacious True. Crumb, the, those, the Gamorian guards. I remember being a little thrown by that. I was like, these really just look yeah. like Miss Piggy on steroids. And it was. But like, I love all the saliva on them. Made it okay for some yeah, reason. Gross. Yeah, they're really and good. Big Fortuna was the coolest looking thing. There were so many yeah. things yeah. that were like. Fortuna's great. It was yeah. like, this is the great. coolest looking thing I've ever seen. In like 10 minutes, five minutes, you see 12 things that you're like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. That's no, the coolest yes. thing I've ever it's seen so in my true. life. Yes. It's so true. It's so true. This guy, Michael Carter, who played Bib Fortuna, has never stopped work. He works all the time. He's on everything. That episode of Scarecrow and Mrs. King was really weird. Like, he was on Succession last month. Brian <laughs> 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 Cox was like, hey, we have a new account. The Wanga Wanga. I'm talking about this movie more fondly than I thought I was going to because I've always been like, this one's lower than the others. And it still is. It's still not up to Star Wars and Empire for me. But but the one thing that is like, mm, you know, they really... These Jedi are very circuitous and they're talking, I mean, talk about burying the lead. When Alec Guinness comes out there and he says, well, so what I said was true from a certain point of view, view. literally go fuck yourself. (laughs) And and then there's a point where Yoda, and I know he's dying and he doesn't know what age he is. He's off by a hundred years. And he says, he says, uh, Luke's like, I need more training. And he's like, no, you don't need any more training. Go, you know, you can, you can face Vader. You have to face Vader. And then he says, two seconds later, he says, you not not completed the training you have. <laughs> Incomplete is your training. It's like take your medicine and get you know, lie down and stop talking. You're not making any sense anymore, Yoda. I know it's so true. How many Sheilas are coming at Return of the Jedi? Ten. This is a ten for me. Ten. Wow. All the way ten. ten. 
I think I'm gonna go go eight. What? May uh well, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna live at eight. Because Empire's a ten, Star Wars is a ten. Maybe 8.5. That's what I'm doing, Fred. I'm going 8.5 because Empire is so good. It's It's a 10. And and I didn't think I was, I thought I was going to be an 8. But then I I was enjoying this rewatch more than I thought I was even going to. And so I'll go 8.5. And Dan, you'll be happy to hear this. I am going to retcon my Sheila's for the original Star Wars and bring that up to a 10. I had gone nine for Star Wars way back in the day because I thought, well, Empire's perfect. So it's got to be below that. But you don't have Empire without Star Wars. Star Star Wars Wars, is so amazing. So they're both 10s for different reasons. And I'm 8.5 on Return of the Jedi. I'll do eight. I'll do eight for Return of the Jedi because I I felt the same way. I thought... You know, it's up there, and it's not Empire, and you can't have Empire without Star without A New Hope, but it's it's so solid in many ways. Fred, and now Chirpa, you're now holding up a picture of Chief Chirpa. Chief Chirpa brings has to bring it up to a nine. Come on, <laughs> don't show me Chief Chirpa. That brings it down a little bit. If you show no, me too much of Chief Chirpa, he has a bird skull on his damn head. When I think of Empire, Star Wars is such a special place. Empire is like the pinnacle. I mean, I told like right outside this booth, they had that. T- we've talked about the Time Magazine. You know, there was such, I I have such strong feelings when I think about Empire or when I watch Empire, rewatch it or see images. I don't get that as much. And even back then, I did, as, as excited as I was, it was never, it wasn't the same as with Empire. It's never been. I've always, Return of the Jedi has always been in the periphery. So it's def, it's definitely gone up. But yeah, I can't, I don't think well, you can go higher. 8.5, Fred. Eight, I'm eight. Okay, I'm going to Fred, I'm going to go back to, uh, again, sticking the landing. I think that's why we all, I mean, it's a wonderful movie, but we are given all the questions and we planted all the seeds in Empire. Right. Which is why it's so exciting. Yeah. And then you've got to stick the landing whether you like the answers. Yeah. And that's why with Jedi, <laughs> it's like uh, some people liked it, some people, oh, Leia's a sit. Oh, okay. But I mean, the possibility that of those questions it. is enough. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it could be anything. Is he his dad? Is he not his dad? Who is the other person that Obi Wan's <laughs> talking about? I'm going 10. And if there were an 11, if you would allow me, <laughs> I'd go 11 to it. This you would like more than Empire and Star Wars? Where is it? No, is it? even even. You as say far all as like, three are tens for you. They're all three tens. Yeah. Okay, they're all. And, three and tens Kevin, would you me. say the first two are tens for you? Yes, I would. Yeah. I would. And you too, Fred. Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've come to I've come to realize you can't give. You have to. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta give. I mean, Star that's Wars the thing. If 10. you're gonna, yeah, you have to. If you're gonna give Empire a ten, you kind of have to because you couldn't have. You it. I mean, have it's ridiculous, without, but yeah. you don't have it without. No, you're right. It, you know. Do you have? Is there anything coming up that you want us to know yeah. about or, or um, inform us of? I know I mentioned yeah. Force Collector. I don't know if that's your yeah, Force most recent is big always Star a Wars book. project. That but. is the biggest Star Wars thing I have out there. I'm. I, I got another book coming out probably in a year, which is kind of like a geeks guide to getting the life you want. Yes, <laughs> I'm buying deal. that. That's brilliant. So, I want so that book. That's, awesome. it's coming, that's a lot of fun so far. Dude, uh, that's amazing because we literally look at you and think that. We're like... <laughs> I, I wonder if I can buy him coffee and have him just tell me. <laughs> and say, I'm I'm gonna gonna have life I you want. guys are sweet. Life. You're super sweet. Oh uh, but no, fantastic. I mean, there's a bunch of things, but you know, you, you can't talk about half of things. The other half may right. go away, so you never know. But I'm oh. very busy. 
Um, I had my web of Spider-Man came out recently this past yeah. year. That's doing well. And nice. yeah, just more of the same. So you'll, you'll, again, if you, anybody watches Instagram, whatever, I always announce whatever's coming up, but until then they, they keep the, uh, the reins on me. Absolutely. And I'm going to, and you should let us know if there's a movie, if you're like, guys, you haven't done this yet. And I would love oh, totally. to talk about blah, blah, blah. Let us know. And we'll do that. Or I'll just keep thinking, you know, I'll be like, this Please is a great do. one to have Kevin Please on do. for. Well, thank you everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of opening weekend. Special thanks again to Kevin Shinnick for making number 75, such a memorable outing. Uh, next time we return to our conventional format, zeroing in on the releases of one specific weekend. Uh, this time it's May 18th. 2001, which Ooh. saw the original Shrek arrive in movie theaters, mm. along with the limited release of Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge and the Jennifer Lopez vehicle Angel Eyes, which I know nothing about, but <laughs> they all came out on the same day, so we gotta watch them. That's all next time on Opening Weekend. Dan, I can't imagine that you have anything you could choose from. To Just show more pictures, Dan. Oh, Kevin could, wasn't a part. I Kevin missed show. out on this on the Spider-Man episode. I don't know if Kevin's what aware. Happened? We oh, finished. We end every single episode with Dan hand farting. You song. know what? I thought I maybe I heard others. Maybe I've listened to other ones where he did that because I have heard it before. But don't 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 stop. Let me stop you. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't dream it. Oh no, he um, does it every. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why did you say it like that? <laughs> no, I mean, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. No, no, no. It's incredible. I'm just saying it is. It is every time there is not an episode that doesn't have you making a beautiful <laughs> mess with your hands. <laughs> I think we got to take it back to 1983, the real original ending of Return of the Jedi with Lando clapping out of sync. Just put yourself put yourself back there. And what was the name of this this song? Chub Chub? I don't yep, know. Yep, chub Chub. Yep, yep in the Chub Chubs. Yep, we yep. know how it goes. It goes a little something like this. <laughs> Opening Weekend Podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Yeah.